Fanatics podcast. I'll be your host today, James Kumar. I'm joined with my buddies here, Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? Hey. So, uh, we'll be recapping what's going on in the NFL this past weekend. We'll be previewing the matchups coming up this weekend. We'll also take a look at a fantasy basketball preview for this coming season, as well as the NHL potential divisions this year and some injuries going around in the different leagues. So, uh, let's start with the NFL recap. And guys, this weekend was crazy. Especially yeah. Monday. Oh, yeah. Monday's Monday's game was crazy. And as a Cleveland fan, Nate, I, I actually feel for you in that game. Yeah, that was depressing. <laughs> it was a fun game, though. Yeah, it, 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 it was, was fun crazy. to watch unless you're yeah. a Cleveland fan. Yeah. I guess, right. yeah. All right, let's hop right into the games. Let's start with Thursday night's game. The, the As a Patriots fan, I'm kind of disappointed. It, it was probably one of the, the worst efforts that I've seen in in my team season. But uh, uh, let me start with uh, you, Nate. Uh, the score was 24-3 for the Rams. Uh, uh, what did you like from the Rams, especially from uh, their running backs? Uh, their running backs looked pretty good. Um, there's not really too much for me to say say about them, to be honest. I um, think what do you think about Cam Akers going forward? You think he's going to be the go-to guy? Yeah, feeling pretty confident about him. So, so, you, so you think the coaches are finally going to stick with him, and instead of just passing the ball around to everyone? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And then, what about uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup? I know Cup had a good game, but uh, do you think we can trust them going forward in fantasy? Um, I think we'll see, but I think for now, uh, you should be fine with starting them. And what about Jared Goff? I, I, would you say in favorable matchups, he'd be a guy that you could just plug in if you maybe have an injury at quarterback or you have a quarterback with a tough matchup? I think if you have a quarterback with a tough matchup, you should probably switch to Goff. I think, I think at this point, he's uh, pretty good, so... He's better yeah, he than Matty seems, Ice for sure. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be a, a middle-of-the-road type quarterback that can get you, you know, between 15 and 20 fantasy points on any given week, which is uh, decent if you can't find anyone off the waiver wire. Uh, Mete, I'll jump to you, and I know as a Patriots fan that it's hard to trust anyone really in fantasy from this team. Um, would you agree that Cam Newton is is maybe a, just a plug-and-play, just like Jared Goff, you know, if you don't have a, a better option at quarterback? Um, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he's been really inconsistent this year, so it's hard yeah, to I, trust him. You I, know, I think every only, week. In, I guess, in favorable matchups, you'd recommend yeah. him? Yeah. Um, what about the running game? I, I feel like that if Damian Harris does have an injury, could we trust Sony Michelle on the ground, or, or would you just – Stay away from this backfield. Sony Michelle, like, it depends on your situation. If you're, if you got some top running backs, you probably don't need them. But if you really do need a running back, I'm guessing, like, if you're in a 12, 14 man league, the waiver wire is going to be really thin. So if Michelle is there, I would actually go for him, especially yeah, if Harris is hurt. That's touches, right? <clears throat> That's yeah. running back touches. So yeah, and then wide receivers, 
I, I guess you'd agree that you just stay away from everyone uh, on the Patriots. Uh, yeah, I think so. The Patriots yeah, are... the, the targets have been so spread out. It's hard to predict who's really going to get the targets from week to week. They're kind of like a one-dimensional team, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. If they you can they stop just their run. The game. Yeah, yeah, if you can stop their run, you can beat them, I think. All right, let's go to the next game, the Broncos and Panthers. The Broncos won this game 32-27. to 27. Uh, Nate, let me go to you uh, on this. Um, I know that uh, Mike Davis started this game with Christian McCaffrey out with an injury, and and he uh, he actually looked really good. Um, I don't know. What's your take? If McCaffrey's out, we can confidently roll Davis as a top 12 running back, right? Uh, he'll probably be getting a lot of touches. So I think stats wise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely say that as well. Um, what would you say about Teddy Bridgewater? Would you put him in that same category as Jared Goff where maybe you just, if you, if you need a good start against a favorable matchup, you can roll him in. I think so too. Um, he's, he's not the best, but he's not the worst either. He'll, he'll get the job done if you, you need it to do so. Yeah. Um, what would you say about um, some of the wide receivers? I know they'll be getting DJ Moore back this week, most likely from the COVID list. And also uh, Robbie Anderson. Um, would you consider them against Green Bay? I know Green Bay has a decent pass defense uh, this coming week, but w- would you consider both of them? Or if it's just one, which one would you consider? Um, I know about DJ Moore the most. So I think for him, it's like, He's good, but then he's not the most consistent wide receiver out of like all the good ones. So it's kind of it's gonna be kind of like fifty fifty on him. Yeah. Um. Also, I think it just comes down to targets. I don't know whether they want to give him as many targets. I think Robbie Anderson has been getting the most consistent number of targets on this team, and I, I feel like a like on normal weeks you could trust Curtis Samuel, but against Green Bay, I don't know how much you'll be able to trust him being the third option there. Yeah. All right, Mete, let's move along to the Broncos. And Drew Locke looked good this week. Yeah, he had um, four touchdown passes. That was his career high, I believe. Yeah. 280 yards. He had a pretty good game. Yeah, it's pretty good. I know they'll be going up against Buffalo this week, who's on an amazing winning streak right now. And I, yeah, I would bench I him. don't know. Yeah, I don't know how well he's going to do there. I would not play Locke against Buffalo, no. Yeah, but are there any receivers uh, that you'd play, whether it's uh, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy? Uh, how, how many would you play? Which ones would you play? Mm, since they're playing Buffalo, maybe I would play only Hamler and Judy. I think they've been the top two receivers for them. Yeah, um, I know Tim Patrick's had touchdowns in multiple weeks. Um, it just depends on, I assume, who Tredavious White's gonna be covering. Yeah, in and you just if you, I, I think it might end up being Tim Patrick. So I think you might be right about not starting Tim Patrick because if he is being covered by White, then it's gonna be tough for him to get a, a big day in fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. On the ground, apparently Melvin Gordon had a hearing this week. Do, did you hear about what happened with that? Is he going to be suspended? No, um, well, if happened? he is suspended for that, then I assume that you can start Philip Lindsay. Wait, what did he, what did he do? Uh, it was that, that DUI thing. Oh, 
people. Yeah. yeah so if he like if he does land a suspension, him. I haven't I haven't seen whether have we gotten an update. I'm not sure, but as of right now, we don't know as yeah. of the time we're recording this. So um, if he doesn't start, I assume that we can we can just roll with Philip Lindsay because he will get at least 15 touches. Is that correct? Yeah, I would yeah. start Lindsay because the Bills' run defense actually isn't the best, but. Yeah, I think but you could have a decent if game. both of them play, would you be okay starting Melvin Gordon? He did have a pretty decent week this week, and he also had a good week last week. Yeah, I, I would start Gordon just for the fact that the Bills run defense isn't the greatest. All right, let's let's take a look at this next matchup here. Let's um let's go to the Texans and Bears. Uh, the Bears ended uh, a pretty bad losing skit. I think they had lost like six games in a row or something. Like it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And um, Nate, let me just get to you about the Bears. Um, Mitchell Trubisky actually looked good. The dark horse MVPs back, guys. <laughs> dark horse guys. Yeah. Um. Actually, um, he seems like a guy that you could just pick up off the waiver and start in any given week, as they've had some pretty good matchups here. I don't know what I don't know what you think about that. The Bears have been like a, a low key team this season, so I think if you're if you're really feeling the Bears, you can pick them up. So, all right, um, David Montgomery's really come on in the last few weeks since he came back from his injury. He's had multiple touchdowns in games, and he just looks like uh, I don't know, maybe even a top twelve running back right now in terms of production. So I guess he's a full go this week, no matter the matchup. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, for wide receivers, uh, Allen Robinson had a big game. Um, and uh, I know uh, Darnell Mooney had a big game. I don't know if you can trust Mooney from week to week as he doesn't get the amount of targets, but I assume Robinson is a full go in any matchup. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, um, Anthony Miller's just been too inconsistent, even though Trubisky seems to like targeting him. Uh, he just doesn't come up with consistent production. Um, let, me, let me get to the Texans. I'll go to you, Mete. And uh, Deshaun Watson seems frustrated with the way his team's playing, but I guess we can keep going back to him every week with his talent. Yeah, you can't really blame him. He's trying his best out there. Yeah. And he just lost Hopkins, which is a big loss for him. Yeah, that is a big loss this year. Um, if Brandon Cooks is back, I assume you can just load him up as he'll just be getting lots of targets. Yeah. Uh, what about Kiki Kuti? Uh, could you would you would you mm. roll him into lineups depending on the matchup? Or? I actually picked him up last week in my fantasy league. I saw a report saying he was going to be the second receiver, so I was like, why not? And I think he's put up he put up like twenty. Something like that two weeks ago. This week it was at like eight. It's not too bad though. Um, one I guy would actually start him. Yeah, one guy that I was actually looking at that managers can pick up this week actually is Chad Hansen. He actually put up a good game for Houston this week. So if you're really desperate and Brandon Cooks, if Brand, this is if Brandon Cooks is not playing. So um. If you see the report that Cooks is going to be out for this coming week, I think Chad Hansen would be a good add as he he's more of a, a deep uh, a, a deeper play, but he can definitely turn in for you know eighty yards and a touchdown or something like that because Watson has to target someone, mm -hmm. and it's clear he hasn't been targeting the tight ends as much as we want. 
as Jordan Aikens doesn't seem to be as fantasy relevant this season. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game on our slate. And um, uh, Mete, I'll start with you. Dallas got a big win this week. Yeah, our defense yeah. showed up. Yeah, I know you must be pretty happy because it's been a lost season pretty much for, for the Cowboys this year. It's been a rough season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll just start with you. Um, Andy Dalton, I don't know, is he a startable quarterback? Because he's, he's been very inconsistent from week to week. Uh, he's not too bad. He's like Goffey said, he'll get you like 15 points around there. Oh, so he's like a plug-and-play if you're dead. Yeah, yeah. And we're playing the 49ers this week, so I don't know if he would be a yeah, good. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup for sure. Yeah. But in that in that matchup, so would too. you still roll with Elliott, or is Tony Pollard an option? What's going on with the run game there? Elliott is starting to lose a lot of touches to Pollard lately. I've been noticing that Pollard is he's got burst. He's pretty quick, which I like. He's been returning a lot of kicks for he sets up in a uh, great field position. So I would love to see Pollard get more touches. Um, where can you see the run game going this week? Uh, w- would you start any of these guys, both of them, none of them? Mm-hmm. I think so. I'm not going to lie. I think I would bench Zeke too. Okay, so what about the receiving game? 49ers uh, have a good defense. Yeah, what about the receiving game, though? Dalton Schultz, can you start him if you're desperate at tight end? Yeah, if uh, you're desperate, I, I guess. The 49ers like, do have a good tight end defense, from what I heard. Yeah, if you're, like, really desperate, I guess you would have to. Cause... So I, I guess it's just Cooper and then maybe CeeDee Lamb, am I right? Yeah, Amari's been like the only real consistent receiver for us the whole year. Other than that, Lamb and Gallup, they'll have like their games where they go off, but then other games they might not be doing much, you know? Yeah, I think I trust Lamb more than Gallup just because he's a slot yeah. receiver, so he, he'll definitely be getting more looks. And um, Nate, I'll go to you about the Bengals. Um, I don't think there's really much of anything, that, especially going up against Pittsburgh this coming week. Uh, if they couldn't do much against Dallas, I don't see them doing much against Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh is like, sure they're eleven, they're eleven and two, but they were, they were like undefeated, and they're going against like one of the worst performing teams this season. So yeah. I don't really see anything happening. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard was a disappointment this week in what was supposed <laughs> to be an easier matchup, and so I don't think that we can just uh, managers can just go back to him this week and. Um, when it comes to the wide receivers, the, the only receiver that I might be tempted to start is T. Higgins, just because he's been able to pull out uh, good good starts uh, over these weeks. But then it just depends on quarterback play. And between Finley and Allen, you're not really getting good quarterback play there. Yeah. yeah. They've no. been really hurting after losing Joe Burrow. Allen yeah, had know. a decent game, actually, against us. He didn't play too bad, I thought. Yeah, but they ended up bring, bringing Finley into the, the game and then yeah. it didn't all work out, you know? I think the fumbles, they had three fumbles from their running backs. I think that killed them. Yeah, I think, yeah, Bernard had a really bad game from what I saw. He just, <laughs> he didn't he didn't look like the way he had been looking. So they really need Joe Mixon back. So if Mixon, I don't know what the, the final report is on him this week. We'll get to the injury report, but... If uh, Mixon's a go this week, I think maybe he might be someone you can look at. 
But even then again, it's against Pittsburgh. So I don't know how you yeah. look at him this week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let, let's go to the next matchup. Uh, Green Bay actually came up on top of the Lions, but it was a close one. Um, I'll start with you, Mete. And uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate this year. I don't know what, I don't know what you think. About yeah, that, but definitely. I, I think it's playing out of his mind. It's Mahomes one, and then Rodgers, I think, is my number two. Yeah, you can. he's been great. And I think you can just roll with him and Devontae Adams in any matchup. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've just been the best one and two combo this season. And uh, with the run game, I think Aaron Jones is definitely carving out a bigger role to separate himself from Jamal Williams. So I assume that he's a full go next week against the Panthers. Yeah. Yep, Aaron Jones. Uh, what about any other receivers? Uh, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, or Alan Lazard? Can you start any of them? Yeah, I called Vandis Gambling a touchdown or bus guy, but actually, he's been having a pretty good year this year. He's like, might be their second best receiver. Yeah, he's been looking good in the past few weeks. I know uh, Robert Tanyan's looked very good. I, I assume we can just roll with him as a top five tight end every week now. Uh, I have him actually in my league. He's he's actually a touchdown or bus guy. But he's been getting a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of touchdowns. Like, I, I think he's been, like, top five yeah. in production, like, behind, I believe, like, Kelsey, Waller. I know Logan Thomas has been up there. Um, it's been a couple other guys sort of in that range when it's come to production these past few weeks. And I know Tanyan's definitely been on the higher end of that list. Yeah, Gusicki's picked it up too last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, let, let me go to you, Nate, talking about the Lions. Um, they did uh, rejuvenate some of their confidence firing their coach two weeks ago, resulted in a win over the Bears last week and a close game against the Packers this week. And uh, in terms of go, uh, going to Matthew Stafford uh, for production, he actually had a pretty good week. Yeah, it was like surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, I think he had like over 20 points in fantasy of like. Oh yeah, yeah. He so. rolled out. Um, I I believe he rolled out uh one or two touchdown passes, and he had a whole leap of passing yards. Um, I know that T.J. Hawkinson seems to be one of those tight ends that you can just roll in week in and week out. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of wide receivers, it's tough to project uh, much of a slate for anyone on that team. But um, I assume that managers can go to Marvin Jones if they're if they're desperate. Yeah, if he got no one else, then yeah. And, go. uh, if Kenny Galladay does come back, I assume that just takes Marvin Jones off the slate. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, for the run game, uh, DJ Swift was back. He looked good. He had a touchdown. Um, and Carryon Johnson also had a touchdown, and then uh, AP got a lot of the work though. Uh, Adrian Peterson in the the rushing game, so sort of a mixed bag when it comes to this backfield. But I assume Swift is the play going forward. Yeah, I would trust Swift over the rest of those guys. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just like I know they like going back to AP uh, because he he has been a good runner for them. But I think Swift has the most potential out of everyone i guess you could say he's pretty swift <laughs> all right sounds good let's go to the titans and jaguars game this was pretty much the derrick henry show 
if you guys got a chance to catch this game. It was just Derrick Henry running for over 200 yards, and he just dismantled (laughs) this team. Like, there was nothing new to see here. King Henry just (laughs) this defense. What a monster. um, Yeah, uh, Nate, let me just get to you about that. I assume Derrick Henry's the top running back pretty much every week. Doesn't even matter the matchup. Yeah, he's like... Like I've barely any team has been able to stop him this season. It's like you if you can contain him, you can beat the Titans, but like how are you gonna contain him? How are you gonna contain him? <laughs> exactly. He's been crazy. And um let, let me get to you about the quarterback. Uh Ryan Tannehill, he had a decent game. He didn't need to do that much considering Henry carried this game for the most part. But I guess going forward we can roll Ryan Tannehill into lineups. Uh, he he'd probably be a top twelve quarterback. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and then AJ Brown, top five receiver, top ten receiver with his production. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and then Corey Davis. Uh, I know he he kind of had a, a step back in this game, but uh, most weeks going forward, he has been good. So in favorable matchups, I assume that we can just roll him in confidently. Yeah. All right. Um, the tight ends there have not been consistent. John o. Smith seems to be touchdown or bust every week. And um, Ferkser just hasn't been getting the looks. So I, I think we should just avoid tight ends, correct? Yeah, I think so too. Um, let's get to the Jaguars. Uh, Mete, uh, they just announced that Gardner Minshew will be back this week to start at quarterback. Uh, do you think that improves the, the wide receivers on that team? Or is it a downgrade or... What do you think? That's an improvement for sure. I have no idea. He was um, healthy last week, and they went with Glennon. I don't know why. I I guess everyone's going to get fired from that organization. I guess they want want a better pick or something. They're tanking, I guess. But um, would you roll either Keelan Cole or DJ Chark into the lineup with Gardner Minshew, or would you just try and avoid everyone from Jacksonville? Uh, let's see who they're playing next week. It depends. They're playing the Ravens. That is a tough matchup. I don't yeah, know I don't if know I if would you go with anyone. anyone yeah. yeah. I think the only person you can stick with is James Robinson. He's been so good. So I consistent. like Chenault from them. They get him like Russian rush attempts too, which is cool yeah. for the receiver. <clears throat> yeah, I think James Robinson just got to the 1,000 rushing mark last game. Yeah, he's been a uh, yeah, he's been he's been amazing this season. He was I think you undrafted can rookie. Yeah, yeah, you can roll him in on uh any matchup pretty much and he'll definitely produce because they've just been willing to stick with the run game. Yeah, he's had a great year. Yeah. Um I, I guess there's not much going forward with the Jacksonville offense. And uh I guess our advice to you guys is just roll with James Robinson. He He's, he's gotten you this far if you have him, so just keep rolling with him. Uh, let's let's go to the next game. Uh, it was Kansas City against Miami. Kansas City won 33-27. Um, Nate, let me just ask you about the Chiefs. I assume that no matter the matchup, you're rolling Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, maybe Sammy Watkins, maybe Clyde Edwards-Alaire, maybe even Le'Veon Bell. What do you think? Honestly, yeah. Those are like... <laughs> Kelsey, Mahomes, Tyree Kill, those are like top tier guys. So like, why would yeah. you not stop start them? Right? Yeah, and even, like if, if Kansas City, I know they're facing the Saints this week in a big matchup, but if it's a matchup where uh, they're gonna go up early and they're gonna go up by a lot, 
you you might be able to start Le'Veon Bell. You might be able to start Sammy Watkins, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire confidently just because they're going to lean into the run game. But I feel like this game, definitely their top three options, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyree Kill, you can just lean into those guys because they're going to produce every week regardless. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, there's not much we can say about Kansas City except they're the best team in the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah, yep. they're, they're, they're just rolling. Nope. That, yep. they're just, yeah, um, Mete, uh, there's, there was a lot of injuries for Miami this week. Devontae Parker goes down with an injury early in the game. He doesn't produce anything for fantasy owners. I, I know a couple guys that lost by two points in their league because Ooh, Devontae Parker got injured. That's tough. Yeah, so it, it was really tough for a lot of fantasy owners with Parker. Um, yeah. Mike Kosicki catches two touchdowns and then he goes down with an injury. Yeah. So if both of these guys aren't in the lineup, I know Preston Williams has been ruled out for the season. I, I don't know if there's yeah. anyone we can trust for Miami. It, it's against new England this week too. And their, their defense, it hasn't been as good as last year, but it, it's been pretty, pretty decent the past few weeks. So I don't know. I don't think we can trust any pass catchers, especially with Tua not throwing as much as Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I I could see the Patriots winning this week. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins have too many injuries going on right now. Yeah, I assume the only thing you can roll from Miami uh, with Miles Gaskin being on the COVID list is most likely their defense. That's that's about all I'd roll from Miami. Their defense their has defense, been good. Yeah, yep. their defense has been very good. Uh, they, I think they forced Mahomes to three picks this week, and then they forced a fumble. You know, mm-hmm. so they they got a plenty of sacks. So uh, I'm liking this defense in pretty much every matchup. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's roll. Let's keep on rolling into our next matchup. Um, the the Giants' playoff hopes were derailed a little bit this week. They lost 26 to seven to the Cardinals. And um, Mete, as a Cowboys fan, uh, what did you think of the Giants this week? Uh, they, I know that they, they didn't look as good. Deion Lewis had the only touchdown. Um, I think the leading uh, receiver on that team was Golden Tate with like 40 yards or something. Like it, they, they didn't do much on offense. Yeah. So yeah. I, mean, I guess we, we can't really trust anyone going forward from this team. Maybe Wayne Goldman, but I don't know. What do you think? Goldman did have an okay game. 57 yards, three catches, 16 yards. You didn't get any touchdowns, though. That's the problem. Yeah. I think that uh, he's definitely someone that you can normally trust week in and week out. I know yeah. he did have not as good of a week, but uh, the game yeah. scripts probably went against him. They fell too far behind and they couldn't run him. That's one thing I noticed. Averaging... They were leaning into Dion Lewis a little bit there and Alfred Morris as well. Because his average per carry was 4.8 yards. That's not even bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Daniel Jones, I assume, is just. Uh, a favorable matchup plug-in and play. Yeah, he had a rough week. He got benched for McCoy. Yeah, that's I know. not good. It, it was it was a tough week all around for the Giants. Yeah, I, I don't want to just blame one person, but yeah, I assume from week to week, the only receiver that you can start potentially is Sterling Shepard because of the targets, as he's been averaging around eight targets per week. Right into, I'd say he's he's good. Yeah, uh, Slayton, as long as he's getting the targets, he definitely will produce. Golden Tate's not been getting targeted as much, so I yeah. don't see him being an option. And then Evan, Evan Ingram put up like nothing this week, so he, I, I wouldn't even look his way unless you're desperate. 
Yeah, I also really like the Giants' defense, actually. I think they have a good defense. So can you roll them in in most matchups? Let's see. They're playing the Browns this week. I don't think I would start them against the Browns. As long I would start them against the Browns if they're going to generate pressure, getting sacks and interceptions. But if they're not going to do that, if you don't believe that they're going to do that, I wouldn't roll with them. Yeah, I don't think they can do that. Yeah. All right. Not this Uh, week. Nate, let's go to the Cardinals because we want to move through this. Um, Kyler Murray hasn't been rushing as much, but he 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 played well in this game. He um, he had a passing touchdown, um, and uh, he he just looked a lot better than previous weeks. What do you think of Kyler Murray going forward? Is he a twelve top twelve option still, or what would you say? Um, I think at his best, he's definitely a top twelve option. I think it depends on the team, but he's still like if you have him in your roster, I think you should still start him regardless. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Kenyon Drake uh, has been playing better in the past few weeks. He had a rushing touchdown this week, and uh, he's just been looking a lot better since Kyler Murray's been rushing less. They've been giving it more to Kenyon Drake, so I assume he's a plug-in play, top twelve to fifteen option most yeah, weeks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And then for wide receivers, Hopkins, top five receiver, pretty much any matchup. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Christian Kirk, I guess, is just favorable matchups. Yeah. I wouldn't and put then, him over your like best receiver or anything like that. Okay. And um, I assume that at tight end, Dan Arnold is just a touchdown or dependent tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we, I, I that. think that's like been the the story for most tight ends this season. Yeah, say, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I'd say the exact except same like Kelsey thing. and Waller. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kelsey and Waller have been so great. Waller's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Vikings and Bucks. The Bucks really came out of their by strong twenty six to fourteen win over the Vikings. Um, Mete, let me ask you about Tom Brady. He looked good this week. Yeah, Tom Brady, he's still got it, I think. He's not he's not bad for a how old is he? 43, 44-year-old quarterback? Yeah, he's pretty he's got good. He's 40, <laughs> yeah, he's 43 years old. Yeah. And he's, he's looking good. That's Scotty Miller, 48-yard touchdown pass. That looked amazing. Great throw. Yep. Deep yeah. ball. And um I assume that um uh, going forward, Tom Brady, top twelve quarterback. Mm-hmm. Where would you have him? Yeah, I think so. He's like around like ten ish, I think. Okay. Um, and then for the run game, as assuming Ronald Jones plays this week, he's he's gonna be their guy. Yeah, Ronald Jones has been really good this year. I think Fournette was a surprise inactive this week because I saw yeah. McCoy. I Healthy saw McCoy stretch. out there. Yeah. Yep. So I I don't know how I feel about that, but I, I think that's good for Ronald Jones owners that they can just roll him in now with confidence. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the receiving game, I assume Gronk, as most tight ends are, a touchdown or a bust. Yeah. Yeah. And then receivers out of the three main guys, um, Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown, what would you rank them in terms of priority for starters? For fantasy, I think I would do Evans one, Godwin two, and Brown three. Nate, would you agree with that, or do you, would you have a different order for that? Um, I think it's pretty much the same. Like, 
Brown, like, how has he been even been doing this season? Like, he hasn't been... He had a decent game this week. Five catches, 49 yards. Yeah, yeah but... Not I mean, too bad. That's, that's not... That's not even 10 points. That's almost season. 10 in points yeah. per reception. That's like 9.9. Uh, 9. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, in half PPR, you can't rely on this guy. Yeah. If you're going to throw him into one of your wide wide receiver spots, even in your flex spot, there's some more intriguing options there. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess also for the Vikings, they just didn't have a good game. Justin Jefferson did not have a good game. I'd say it was the worst game of his NFL career so far. Uh, Nate, let me go to you. Um, Kirk Cousins has been inconsistent from week to week. Um, I don't know how we can trust him going forward. Uh, me neither. It's like once Stefanski left, it was like, I don't know what's, what's going oh, on. You felt that. like there was a shift in that offense somehow? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so Maybe. I assume that Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are good most weeks, but I guess in tough matchups, it's hard to, to trust them as top-end receivers. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dalvin Cook, I assume, is just plug and play. He's been so good all year. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, he's probably a top three option every week. That's that's how I see things uh, with Cook. Um, honestly, he's not he, he's not matchup dependent. He's just like yeah. plug and play. Yeah, he's like a free twenty points like every week. Oh yeah, like, you can just trust him. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's crazy. Um, gets like a quarterback let- number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the indianapolis colts pulled out a big game they won 44 to 27 over the raiders and uh that hurts the raiders playoff hopes actually they dropped to seven and six but um nate let me get to you about the colts uh it looks like jonathan taylor's taking over this backfield uh and they've had they have the easiest one of the easiest schedules going forward you know in terms of facing against run defenses so i assume jonathan taylor's he's looking like a top 12 option going forward yeah i think so too especially with the favorable matchups he's gonna it's gonna boost his stats a lot so if you have him i would recommend starting him yeah um, what about philip rivers he looked really good this week uh he hit ty hilton for two touchdowns this week and I mean, man, he, he looked really good. Uh, can you plug and play Rivers off your waiver if you're desperate in good matchups? Uh, favorable matchups, yeah. But regular matchups, you still don't trust <laughs> Rivers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> T.Y. Hilton looked good this week. I think that we can roll with him more on a consistent basis. He's getting more looks than Michael Pittman. And um, from a tight end standpoint, they're just – there's three tight ends and they're they're all getting like two or three targets a game. So I don't think we can trust yeah. that one. No, yeah. no, don't don't yeah. those guys. Um let, let's go over to the Raiders, uh, Mete and uh I know Darren Waller didn't have the biggest game, but he still had a solid floor. So I just assume we just keep rolling with him every week. Yeah. Any He's wide receivers or you wouldn't trust anyone? Looks like Aguilar had a good game. Is He's like a touchdown guy. He's gotten a lot of touchdowns this year. Yeah. So um, if you're desperate at wide receiver and he's there for the waiver wire, he might be a good pickup. And assuming Josh Jacobs is healthy, we just roll with him every week? Yeah. Yeah. I would. All right. All right. For our next matchup, uh, the Seahawks just destroyed the Jets, as we expected. Um, Mete Wilson just looked back to his normal self this week. 
Yeah, he had a good game. But it's the Jets, so everyone has a good game against yeah, them. You can't, really, <laughs> you can't really judge him based on this. Yeah. Just because, you know, I mean, he did look good, but at the end of the day, uh, it is the Jets. But um, Chris Carson seems to be back in full force after his injury. He rushed for a touchdown this week. He had a good game. I assume you can just start him going forward. Yep. Carson had a great game. Hyde also had a good game, but I'm assuming because he just came back from injury, they didn't want to risk yeah. hurting him. Yeah, for sure. So when the score was like blown out, they just put him in, you know, to protect him. Yeah, and um, for, for the wide receivers, Metcalf He's lock and load top five every week. But uh, Tyler Lockett, I think it's just favorable matchups lately. He hasn't been the same, I don't know, since the beginning. Yep. Yeah, yeah he, Tyler Lockett's been, like, trending downwards lately. <clears throat> yeah, he doesn't seem to be getting the looks that Metcalf has been getting. And, I mean, right, rightfully so, because Metcalf has just been producing at an insane rate. He's over 1,000 yards this season already. But, That's um, crazy. Nope. Yeah, I know. He, he's been really good. And um, Nate, in terms of the Jets, I just assume that most matchups, you just avoid everyone. Don't, don't have Jets on your team right now. <laughs> I mean, Jamison Crowder has been decent, but yeah, he's, he's still good. very inconsistent with that quarterback play, whether it's Darnold, whether it's Flacco, whether it's whoever whoever's back there. It doesn't seem to be working for, for either Crowder, uh, Berrios, uh, Perriman, Denzel Mims has been good, yeah, uh, but I I still don't see him as someone reliable. Yep. So, yeah. Um, going on to our next game. Um, I mean, man, uh, this game came down to the wire, and the Chargers actually won in the the battle of the choke artists. <laughs> the, these two teams just always seem to find a way to lose. I, I yeah. don't, I don't and they, they were both they both seemed like they were trying to lose. I think it went Matty Ice interception, yeah. interception, then Matty Ice interception again. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, I, when I was watching this, I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but anyways, it's like um, the opposite of Browns versus Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, Nate, actually, I'll go to you on this. Um, it, it looks like um, this has been a lost cause for the Falcons this year, especially with Matty Ice. I actually don't know how he's been this bad because he's had, like, Kelvin Ridley. He's had Julio. I know, like, they've had injuries, but still. Yeah, Julio and, didn't like... play this week. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I but, know like... Russell Gage had a good game. Uh, he caught a touchdown, and he he actually had a good game filling in for Julio Jones. So I assume that if Julio Jones is out, you can roll both Ridley and Gage. I guess it just depends on the play of Matty Ice. Yeah, honestly, just because Matty Ice has been so bad, I still wouldn't put them yeah. in. Because, it's, like, Matty Ice had, like, seven points. Yeah, so, I think uh, I think he he was pretty bad, and I know for um, Hayden Hurst, he only had one catch for seven yards, and he's been one or two catches every week lately. I don't even think you can rely on him. He's more touchdown or bust. Yeah, he's not looking like his WWE champ self right now <laughs> because of Matty Ice. Hayden Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> 
I, I assume also for the running game, they've been running with uh, three backs. Uh, they've been rolling with Gurley, uh, Hill, and Smith. So I just assume we can just avoid this backfield because we don't know who's getting the snaps. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Mete, I'll go to you about the Chargers. And Justin Herbert looked better. I know we've seen better from him, but he definitely looked better than he did against the Patriots. Yeah, last three weeks have been kind of rough for him, but I own him as well, so I'm hoping he picks it up. Yeah, um, Austin Eckler looked back to his normal self. He had 79 rushing yards. He had, a, a, I think, what was it, 9 or 10 receptions also. Yeah. And he had a whole leap of receiving yards. And he he just seems to be back into that RB1 conversation, top 10 or 12 option going forward. And I think he's a matchup safe play. Is that correct? Yeah. Like these running backs are catching like five passes a game. They're really valuable. Yeah. It's a good one to have. Yeah. And um, actually the other Triple H didn't look too bad. Uh, Hunter... <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Hurst, Henry, <laughs> he had six catches. So, I mean, I, I think it honestly depends on the matchup, but with the, the way the tight ends are looking this year, I think he's a, he's a top 12 tight end. He has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. He's, he's had like 10 point games and like nine point games. So that's, that's like really good for a tight end. This yeah. Sometimes you'll take that. Sometimes you take that. You're like, all right, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> um, and for wide receivers, Keenan Allen, you just roll in every week, I assume. He's he's just locked yeah. in the top 12 option. Yeah, Herbert and loves this guy. Yeah, he's been amazing. And if Mike Williams plays, can he be maybe a, a flex play or something, Is depending on the matchup? Was he hurt this game? Because I don't see him. I don't think he, yeah, I don't think he played this game. I think he's been like... Hasn't he been like their second best receiver this year? So he has been when he's been in the lineup. Could so be he could just be a flex, yeah. Yeah. Depends on who they're playing. Let me see. Yeah, I think so too. And um Raiders, yeah. I would play him. I oh think. yeah, that's that's the Thursday game. So yeah. <clears throat> definitely wanna roll him in because their their secondary has not been good. Mm-hmm. Um Jalen Hurts got his first start and he looked good. Um Mete, let me get to you on that. I assume that uh, Jalen Hurts might be a quarterback pickup for this week. Yeah, he's a he looked. dual threat guy. 167 in the air, 106 on the ground. Great yeah, over game 100 from yards him. on the yeah. ground. I noticed that, yeah. That's Great game from nice. Hurts. Yeah, Miles Sanders looks to be back. He broke off that 82-yard touchdown. He had mm-hmm. over 100 rushing on the ground. I assume that he... He might not be a top end running back, but I assume with Jalen Hurts playing, he'd be like maybe a top twenty-five running back yeah. or so. so yeah, I was like really high on him uh, before the year actually started. When we were drafting, I wanted him because he also catches a lot of passes. He had four receptions this game, so yeah, I think he he just had a bad start to the season with the way the offense was playing. But I, if Jalen Hurts can get this offense moving, I. I, I believe that Miles Sanders can benefit from that. Um, in terms of missed a couple whether, games too. Yeah, in Denver. terms of tight ends and wide receivers, uh, is there anyone that you trust here? I think this was Ertz's first game back, and he had a terrible game. I don't Maybe, think he did much. Yeah. Yeah, two catches, eight yards. I yeah. I, I I don't know about this team. I don't know how much Jalen Hurts throws, to be honest. Uh, j- just looking at 
uh, the way this game turned out. And um, yeah, um, I believe that uh, unless you're desperate, I think at tight end, you might be able to throw in Dallas Goddard because he's been decent every week. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't know if Zach Ertz is playable right now until we see something more from him. Yeah, they're and, against the Cardinals next week. So honestly, yeah, I the, might the matchup is risk too it. bad. Yeah. Uh, I just can't trust the receivers. That's that's one thing. Like Jalen Rager, um, Greg Ward, Alshon Jeffrey. Like I know Jeffrey caught that touchdown, but I that was his only catch of the day. Yeah. So I can't I can't trust that kind of production. Uh Nate, let me go to you in terms of the Saints. Uh Taysom Hill didn't look like himself in this game. Uh he his completion percentage was low. Um he did throw for over two hundred yards and two touchdowns, but it just seemed like the Saints offense wasn't clicking when it needed to. Right, yeah. He's he wasn't Inspector Gadget this week. <laughs> yeah, um Alvin Kamara did uh play a lot better this week. He had almost a hundred total yards and um, he has struggled with Taysom Hill, but if Drew Brees does come back this week, I assume that everyone in that offense takes a bump. Is that correct? Yeah, Drew Brees is like really good. So I think I feel like Taysom Taysom Hill was just like doing doing what he could to like keep them above water, but like Drew Brees is gonna take take them to another level for sure. Okay, all right, yeah, I I think so as well, and I assume that that would upgrade. Uh, Michael Thomas as well and I guess move Jared Cook into the potential tight end realm yeah he's Hopefully. he's the definition of touchdown or bust <laughs> so he'll he'll literally go for like three yard th- sorry three catches for 32 yards and then he has to get that touchdown <laughs> or else you'll get like four points on the week yeah or something it's like. been a struggle for tight ends this season for yeah sure. honestly like yeah. We, we can we can definitely say that it's it's been crazy See but if, if jared cook is on your waiver i think you can pick him up just because of how bad tight end is right now yeah honestly every tight end is like getting open doing what they can and then they're looking at the quarterback like yo i'm open pass me the ball and then they won't pass them the ball. yeah for real um going to the next game uh washington football teams looking like they're making a move on the nfc east they beat the 49ers 23 15 mete what do you think about washington uh if alex smith doesn't play do you trust that offense with uh, haskins nah definitely not with Haskins. yeah i, think I would you even just, you downgrade everyone i assume i would even like start uh kyle allen over haskins do you know his health condition do you know? Uh, I don't that? know if he's. Yeah, I think I think they said that Haskins might be the projected starter because they. I don't think oh. Kyle, Kyle Allen's ready to come back. So, because I remember watching the football team, the Cowboys, early on in the year, and Allen started. He had a pretty good game. Yeah, I, I assume that uh, with Haskins, um, you might be able to roll out Terry McLaurin and maybe Logan Thomas, but I, I assume that's about it. Lauren last couple weeks has been underwhelming. Yeah. Very rough well, I mean, weeks. the thing is with wide receivers, though, he's still one of the yeah. premier options. So I think and he's with played, a couple bad weeks. Yeah. He played the Steelers and the Niners. So those are two hard matchups. Tough defenses. Yeah. yeah. He's up against, I think it's the Seahawks this week, and their, their pass defense is terrible. Kind of suspect. So I think, yeah. 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 I think he can definitely have a big game. Same with Logan Thomas. But, mm-hmm. um, I think also, I know McKissick had a touchdown, 
this yeah. week, I believe. No, um, he didn't actually. Wait, did he catch uh, one? No, he didn't have a touchdown, but he had he had quite he he had. Uh, he did okay though, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, he had a decent game, but mm-hmm. I think going forward, he he usually gets a lot of catches with Alex Smith. I don't know how well he'll do with Haskins. But uh, if if um, Gibson's out, which I assume he's going to be, I think that McKissick's in line for enough touches for you to be able to start him. Yeah, losing Gibson is a big blow for them. He's been going yeah. off lately. Yeah, and their defense um, is amazing. Their yeah, defensive line is very yeah, scary. I think their defense is coming <clears throat> on as a, as a yeah. plug-and-play option if they're available yeah. in your league. Yeah. Um, Nate, let me get to you on the 49ers. Um, Raheem Mostert. I, th- I believe it's his second game back. He he rushed for 65 yards. He had a decent game. Jeff Wilson did get the looks in the red zone. So um, I guess it's a mixed bag with this backfield. I don't know. Can you trust anyone going forward? Um, I'm not too sure because like even like 65 rushing yards is like, is that really going to do it? That's more like, like if you had an that's extra, a low and flex kind of yeah option yeah i feel option, you with that sure. um one thing that was great for them was brandon Ayuk went over 100 yards receiving with 10 10 catches and it, it, he had an amazing game and that would that's with i believe uh, debo samuel coming back yeah samuel was active in this game he didn't have an amazing game and most of the passes went to Ayuk. so uh, I assume that in favorable matchups, you can roll out both Ayuk and Samuel. Is that correct? Yeah, they're both they're both like good receivers this season too. Yeah, like Debo came off an injury, but he's still like good. So, and I assume in favorable matchups, you can roll out Jordan Reed since I don't think Kittle will be back the rest of this season. Right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. correct. All right. So. Um, on our slate, we'll move to the Sunday night game. And the Bills got a big win against Pittsburgh this week. Um, Mete, what do you think about Josh Allen? Top five quarterback going forward? Yeah, I think so. He's a dual threat. And I assume through Stephon, the air Diggs, and... Stephon Diggs as well. Top five yeah. going forward. He's getting like 10, 15 targets a game. Allen loves going to him. Yeah. I can see that, and uh, I assume that you, you can turn to Cole Beasley as a, a flex option with um, uh, with the injuries they have. I think uh, was uh, what's his name? Out? John Brown. Yeah, John Brown was he out this week? He was, but yeah, I think he was out this week. I don't. Yeah, know I think he's coming back. back soon. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. So Beasley oh. might actually be a not a flexible. Yeah, I think that you can roll with Beasley just just think with so? the amount of looks he's been getting. Yeah, he he's he's been looking pretty good from week to week. I think um, I would go for Brown over him. Yeah, I, I if Brown's back, I I don't know if whether you could trust either of them on a consistent basis. It honestly just depends on the matchup. Is what I'll say. And um, uh, Nate, I'll go to you on Pittsburgh. Um, I I know there were a lot of drops in this game. I don't know how you can trust many of these receivers. Uh, I, I know the only receiver, I believe, that got the touchdown. No, no, Juju did have one touchdown, but I know Washington had the other one. And I don't know who's going to be getting the looks in the upcoming weeks with all the drops. Ebron was looking good. He was trending up, and then he got a bunch of drops in this game. Um, Deontay Johnson got benched because of drops. So I guess against the Bengals this week, 
would you start any receivers? Maybe Juju. Other than that, I'm not entirely sure. What about Deontay Johnson if he's not benched? Would you start him? Maybe. It depends on, like, the Bengals' defense, right? Oh, like, who's matched up against, yeah. He gets a lot of targets. Yeah, the no, but he got benched at the end of this game. Yeah, he's got a fix his hand. Frustrated with him. Yeah, so. he's dropping everything. That's the yeah. problem. And uh, James Conner was not consistent in this game, but I think with the with the injuries at at running back, I think you might have to go back to him. Especially the Bengals have a really bad run defense, so I just yeah. assume that you can go back to James Conner this week. I think so. I think he's gonna. They're gonna be looking for him to. Uh, I guess try to hold the line try to get stuff done so all right all right nate let's move over to your cleveland browns matchup the final (laughs) matchup of the weekend and the browns were close in this game but they didn't get it done um their offense looked very good though um nick chubb two touchdowns kareem hunt two touchdowns baker ran one in himself and then they had uh, i believe higgins had the other one and yeah they they, they just looked full go. I assume that we can trust Baker to start in lineups uh, for most matchups. Um, we can trust Hunt. We can trust Chubb. Uh, Landry's been getting a lot of receptions lately. We can trust him. And then yeah. is, is Higgins a flex play for you? I would put Higgins as a flex play because the weird thing is um, Baker likes to, to go to him a lot. He was going to Higgins a lot during the Ravens game. So if Baker decides that he wants to target Higgins again, then he's a pretty good flex option for sure. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go to the Ravens. Mete, uh, Lamar Jackson uh, went down with cramps and then he ran back out on the field when, when Trace got injured and he, he threw that amazing touchdown to Hollywood Brown. Uh, I don't know. From the past couple of games, it looks like Lamar Jackson's back. Uh, yeah, he's, He's been playing better. They say he got cramps, but I don't know. If you saw that video of him walking in the locker room, that's the, the I gotta video? I gotta take a dump walk. That's what it is. <laughs> that is not cramps. I don't believe it. But yeah, yeah. he's been he's been good lately. Um, it up. <laughs> in this game, the the carries were split between Dobbins and Edwards. I assume that Ingram is just a no go going forward. It doesn't look like he's going to be seeing looks. Yeah, it looks like Ingram didn't get a single touch. Uh, Dobbins is good. The only problem is they like going to Gus Edwards in the goal line. Gus so Edwards he takes has his... had a good um, uh, um, yards per carry, actually. Yeah. Over his career, I think he's had a very good yards per carry. That's why they go to him. But, yeah, I think Dobbins is the, the more talented back. Yeah, longer, he just steals Dobbins' yeah. touchdowns because he's the goal yeah. line back. No, but Edwards did have some good touchdown runs there. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw the carries there. They were good. And mm-hmm. um, going to the receivers, looks like Mark Andrews is in the tight end one conversation. Yeah, he's been a good tight end this yeah, year. Top five tight end. One of the good ones, yeah. Forward, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Hollywood Brown looks like he's moving into the maybe wide receiver two or three conversation, probably a top 30 option. He's moving Jeez. into that area. Uh, yeah, I saw him drop a pass that he should have caught. Like, I feel like he has problems with his hands too. I feel like, like as long as Lamar is targeting him, then he'll he'll definitely have enough production. You might fade him out of your top thirty receivers, just depending on who else is available. 
But I think if he's available and you need a flex option, he's definitely someone you can roll with. Yeah. And they just activated Des Bryant actually from COVID today. So maybe yeah, that too. Use so him. he's definitely going to be stealing passes from Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, guys. Um, that was a good recap. Uh, let's move into the previews for this coming week. All right, guys, let's get to the matchups of this week. On Thursday, we have the Chargers against the Raiders. Um, Mete, are we taking the Chargers or the Raiders? I'm feeling an upset this week. I think I'm going to go for Chargers. What about you, Nate? Uh, it could go either way. Um, I think because their last game was like pretty close, it was like a one-score game, basically. So I'm you not really it's going to be like, like a, a shootout. You think you yeah, think it's just going to sure. go back and forth? Yeah, I th- I see that too. I actually see the Chargers coming out on top on this one just because the Raiders have just not been playing well in these past few weeks. I know they they got that that weird win against the Jets and so on, but yeah, I, I think that the Chargers can win this, and I think you can start both quarterbacks in this matchup because I think both defenses have been suspect, especially the Raiders. Uh, past defense so I, I think that you can I think you can roll with most of your players in this matchup um, Mete what do you think um, Herbert um, Hunter Henry Keenan Allen Austin Eckler for the Chargers yeah if you have those guys I would definitely play them all and then Nate for the Raiders I wouldn't be I assume, scared I, I assume you can just roll with um, Carr Waller Josh Jacobs anyone else um I would say, yeah. For Carr, okay. it's like he's more touchdown dependent than Herbert, but yeah, I think I so think too. You can still, it's, I think he's going to be able to get some touchdowns though. So, okay. Yeah. Um, then moving to Saturday, we have the two games. We have the Bills and Broncos first. And um, I think we'd all take the Bills in this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think yep. that's pretty that's pretty straightforward and I think that the Bills don't want to lean into their run game clearly. So I assume that it's just going to be Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs and then either John Brown or Cole Beasley depending on if Brown plays. That seems yeah, that seems sounds, right. That sounds good. Yeah. And then um Mete for the Broncos, um anyone you're thinking of starting here? Like we said, if Gordon is suspended or something, maybe you could go with Lindsay. Other than that, they've got a good pass defense still, so I don't think I would start Locker, the receivers. Yeah, I think Noah Fant also went down with an injury this past game, so if he doesn't play, I think he's been the most consistent receiving option for the Broncos, and if he doesn't play, I think it's tough to roll out anyone. Maybe Tim Patrick, but it just depends on who's covering him. If it's Tredavious White, it's going to be hard to roll out anyone. Yeah, I forgot about Fant. He's, he's been good. Yeah. Um, you could start right. him, I think. Let's, let's go <clears> to <throat> the next game, the, the Packers and Panthers. Uh, Green Bay should win this game. I assume. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you guys would say the same thing, but um, for, yep. for Green Bay, Nate, you're just rolling Rodgers, Adams, Tanyan, Aaron Jones. Yeah, would you roll much. Would you roll Marquez, Valdez, Scanling? Honestly, if you have him, maybe. Because the weird thing is like, because I have him, and every time I benched him, he got 20 points. 
So yeah. it's like, I mean, you might as well just go for it at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a good matchup. So, and if Carolina finds a way to keep it close, like within a score, then I think uh, he could get some points. And uh, Mete for the Panthers, um, if DJ Moore's back, uh, which receivers are you rolling with? DJ Moore, for sure. Robbie Anderson, for sure. And maybe Samuel. Like, I know the Packers defense statistically isn't too bad, but I don't know. I don't really believe in them. Yeah. What about Mike Davis? If Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, which he most likely yeah, won't run. Yeah, definitely Mike Davis too. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. the Packers run defense has been suspect all season. I think they're <laughs> they're bottom 10 in the league in run defense. So I think there's 11th definitely... here, actually. Yeah. Oh, they are. So they've gotten a bit better in recent yeah. weeks. So, but yeah. Um, and then Teddy, I think it's going to be tough for him to get anything done in this game. Yeah. So because Green Bay has a pretty good, pass good defense. Yeah. I think he can have um, a decent game. Sorry. I think Teddy could have a decent game. Oh, like, you think so? He might throw one interception, but I think he'll be around like two fifty yards, a couple touchdowns. Yeah, it depends on the game script, right? If if it's yeah. a if it's a neutral game script, they might lean into Mike Davis more. But if they go down early, I think that you might see Teddy have a big game. Yeah, yeah. that could happen. All right, let's move to Sunday. We got the Texans and Colts, and I'm just gonna say the Colts defense has looked amazing. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the Colts in this game. Yeah. Uh, sure. Nate, what about you? Um. Uh... I would feel an upset. <laughs> yeah, you too. Say the too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's thinking about an upset. I don't know. Yeah, he took a while. I'm like, is he yeah. thinking about the upset? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um, J- Jonathan Taylor, this is one of the worst run defenses in Houston. So I just assume we can load, lock and load Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Mete, maybe even Nainium Hines. Uh, yeah, the Colts backfield's like really hard to tell. They like the, every the week. I they lean into their run game, so I, it's possible that Hines does get a lot of looks in this game. I swear, every week they have like one of the three running backs that they have, like Hines. What I think is they're it? Fading Wilkins. Wilkins. They're fading Wilkins, Taylor? especially in the last couple like, weeks. Yeah. Like every other week, it's like one of them will lead in carries. It's really weird. Yeah, I know Taylor had a big game. I guess maybe temporary expectations is what you're saying. Like yeah. Don't don't assume that one's gonna be the get the workload and the lead back, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then for the receivers, it seems like T.Y. Hilton's the guy here. Yeah, he's picking it up the last couple of weeks, playing really nice. And if you need a an option at quarterback, would Phillip Rivers be a decent option or do you not see him doing much this game? I think that's a good option too against the Texans here. Yeah. I think I would go for him if I need a quarterback this week. Okay um nate let's move over to houston uh even though even with the injuries and lack of talent in houston you're still rolling with deshaun watson as a top 10 quarterback because of his talent yeah i think so he's really good so yeah um for the yeah for for the running backs it seems like david johnson's going to be back this week uh so if you if you need a decent uh top 25 running back you could roll with david johnson um Maybe you said, uh, what top top twenty five? Uh, would you? Well, I know it's a tough matchup. Would, would you? Would you consider him a top twenty five option because of the matchup, or would you consider him lower than that? Mm, it's a tough matchup, so 
maybe a little bit lower. I think so. He might be like a borderline top thirty option at running back. Yeah. So you yeah. you wouldn't start him in two running back leagues then. Uh, maybe not this week. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And then for receivers, if Cooks is back, he's probably going to get six or seven targets, maybe more. So I assume that's startable. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess just fade all the other receivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so as well. I, I just don't see them getting much done against the Colts this week, especially if the Colts defense is fully healthy. Um, the next game is the Jets against the Rams. The Rams are home in this game, and I just assume it's going to be another another blowout. <laughs> we don't need to ask who's going to win this game because if the Jets somehow <laughs> find a, if the Jets somehow find a way to win this game, <laughs> I mean they're just hurting themselves at this point. So yeah, yeah. Um, Nate, let me go to you again about this. I guess just fade everyone from the Jets in this matchup. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's no one to like here. And then Mete for the Rams. Uh, do you believe they're just going to lean into Cam Akers again? Do you think he's won the starting job? Yeah, I think so. He's been getting a lot of touches the last couple of weeks. And against the Jets, he's probably going to have a nice game script. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll probably go up game. early. He'll get a lot of carries, I think. I think there's a good week to play him. <clears throat> I think it's a good week to play most Rams players. Actually. Yeah. Um, maybe not Jared Goff. Cause I don't know how much he's going to throw yeah. but woods cup. Uh, their tight end situation has been back and forth. So maybe you don't want to start one of their tight ends. Um, if one of them is ruled out for any reason, then yeah, you could go to the other one because they'll be getting all the looks, but I think woods cup uh, acres. And if you're in a bind, maybe you can start Goff. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to the Lions and Titans. Um, I think Tennessee should win this game. Lions and um, the Lions have been looking better in these past few weeks. Um, I don't know what you guys think. Titans? I would still yeah. say Titans because of Derrick Henry. No, yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry's yeah, he's been a full force. And uh, Nate, I assume you can start Ryan Tannehill in this game, assuming it might be back and forth. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, what about AJ Brown, Corey Davis? I, I know I won't be starting any tight ends from the Titans, but AJ Brown and Corey Davis should be should be good, right? Yeah, especially if Tannehill go goes off, then yeah. Yeah, I think even some games where Derrick Henry's gone off, I've seen Tannehill go off as well. So yeah, I think I think he's a he's a good play this week. And Mete for the Lions. Uh, do you trust Stafford now or? Yeah, he's every year he's consistent. He's a good quarterback. He's yeah, just on the lines, the you coaching. know? <laughs> I feel like it's been the coaching. The coaching's hurt him this year. And yeah. when they release Patricia, I think he has been better. And I assume Hawkinson's like a top five uh, tight end play this week. Yeah. He's, yeah, I think the Titans a lot pass of defense has been kind of suspect. And then uh, if Galladay's back, I guess he's a, a start as well. Yeah, I wouldn't even roll uh, Swift here. The Titans defense hasn't been too good this year. Yeah, I don't think the, the entire defense has been good this year. Um, yeah. If Galladay's <clears throat> back, would you still roll out Marvin Jones or no? Yeah, I think well, I would, would still okay. go with Jones. Yeah, I think it is a good matchup. It might be a shootout back and forth. This yeah. Game. It has the potential for it. I still think the Titans game. will come out on top, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Let's go to the Bucks and the Falcons. Um. The Falcons are home in this game, but... Uh, Nate, I'll I'll go to you on this. I don't know how much we can trust uh, Matty Ice or the rest of this offense against Tampa Bay. I I don't trust them at all. 
Uh, if Honestly. if Julio's back, I think you you might roll him in and Calvin Ridley as well. But I think I assume you'll just fade the rest of this offense. Yeah, it's just those two. Not even Matty Ice because he's been like choking. Yeah, on. he's been so inconsistent. Yeah, I I feel where you're coming from. And uh, Mete for the Bucks. I assume with this Falcons pass defense being as bad as it is, you're just rolling um, Evans, Godwin, Antonio yep. Brown as well. Uh, yeah, I think I would even go for him. It's the Falcons. Um, and then I guess Tom Tom Brady as well, because he should Tom get Tom Brady, I would go for uh, Jones. Apparently, the Falcons play. have the best run defense in the league. Let's see the stats. Yeah, I believe they, they have the best they run defense. They are 10th, it says, against rushing yards. Oh, against rushing yards. But I think against uh, touchdowns, or, or I, I see, I saw a stat. They, they're one of the, the top. Like rushing in total, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So probably rushing total. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if, if Ronald <clears throat> Jones is a, is a go, I think you can start him. But I think if, if he's not a go, I don't think you can start anyone. In that yeah, I would go for Jones too. Jones yeah, has been I, good I this year. That's been consistent enough. And mm-hmm. then McCoy is not going to get enough touches. Yep. Yeah. All right, with the the Jaguars and the Ravens, guys, uh, I I think this should be a a Ravens win. I I don't see it going any other way. The Ravens have looked good lately. It looks like they're trying to push for the playoffs. Yeah, especially if they play like they played on Monday. Yeah, Yeah, they had an amazing game on Monday. Uh, Nate, let me ask you, Lamar Jackson, plug-and-play top 10 quarterback option this week? Yeah, I think so, unless he gets cramps again. (laughs) (laughs) And, and Mark Andrews looking like a top five tight end. Would you roll him this week? Uh, I think so, yeah. Should be good to go after that COVID situation. And their running backs, uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, you could probably roll both of them in in this matchup. Honestly, yeah. Especially, I would say especially Gus because he's been getting like a lot of yards. So, Yeah. Um, and then... Would you see Hollywood Brown getting enough catches to be uh, maybe a flex option or better than that? Uh, I'd say like maybe flex option at most. All right. Um, Matty, I'll go to you about the Jags. Is it just James Robinson or yeah. is it not Is it not even James Robinson? Oh, you'll still go with Robinson? We were talking about this earlier. I would only go with Robinson, I think. Yeah. Because he's been really good else. this year. Why not, you know? Yeah, why not? He has over a thousand yards this year. Yeah, a rookie, an undrafted He's catching rookie. That's passes. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's go to the Patriots and the Dolphins. And as a Patriots fan in this matchup, knowing how good the Dolphins' defense is, I'm just gonna say, unless Damian Harris is active, just fade everyone. To be honest, I don't know how Sony Michelle's gonna look if he gets his first start. Uh, running back this week if if Harris doesn't play. So if Damian Harris doesn't play, just fade everyone. And if Harris plays, he's probably just a flex option. I don't I don't see him as much more than that. I still do think the Patriots win this game if the Dolphins are missing Gesicki and Devontae Parker. But um against the Patriots defense, Mete, how do you see uh, Tua and if Gaskin plays, how do you see Gaskin doing? Uh I think Tua will have troubles against the Patriots defense. Gaskin if he plays. Oh, you guys are twenty third against rushing. Yeah, we so have, maybe uh, he could have a good been game. As good against yeah. rushing from from what I've seen. Yeah. So, so maybe Gaskin play. Yeah. Would be a play. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
I, I guess that it, this might be a, a close game. It might be a low-scoring game. So yeah, I guess I can see that. You might trust running backs, but I, I think that's about it. And I guess if Gesicki and or Parker play, you might be able to go to them. Just it just depends. If Parker might be shadowed by Stefan Gilmore in this game, so I don't know how much he's gonna go for. Yeah, I think Patriots win this too, though. Yeah, I, I'll definitely be cheering for the Patriots, trying to get at that playoff spot i don't know if it's gonna happen but we'll, we'll see what happens yeah we'll see yeah. yeah um the bears and vikings are actually fighting to get into the playoffs they're facing each other this week they're both at six and seven um, it's a big game it is a big game and um the bears defense really looked good this week um but i could still see the vikings having a bounce back game and beating the bears I think the Vikings have that potential, especially with Dalvin Cook being in the lineup. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah. Cook has been amazing, but yeah. it's just cousins for me, man. <laughs> so so would, would you guys roll with the Bears then? I actually think I'm going to pick the Bears this week. I believe in Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> we need the dark horse. Yeah. So, Nate, would you roll with the Bears as well? Um, it's one of those that could go either way situation. Yeah, I, I think so. Like... So I think both running backs will be relevant because it will be a back and forth game. So it's not like yeah. one team's going to be trailing. So I think both you can roll both Montgomery and Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. this week. And what about the quarterbacks, guys? Uh, I'll ask Matt Tay about this. What about either quarterback, Trubisky or Cousins? What? How do you feel? Vikings defense has been pretty bad this year, so. Honestly, Trubisky could even be a play here. I know everyone yeah. likes joking around about him being bad. So but would you rank Trubisky over Cousins in this matchup? Honestly, I think I would. Yeah, I think because of the Bears' defense, it's yeah. going to be Definitely. hard to turn to Cousins. And um, Nate, for wide receivers on either side, Allen Robinson, I assume, is just a plug-and-play no matter the matchup. Yeah, for sure. And Justin Jefferson's been the same way, but I, I assume uh, you might fade Adam Thielen this week just because of the matchup. Yeah, the Bears are like a really good defense, so he might have a bit of a dip this week. Yeah, so I if think you so. Would, if you have somebody who is like has a more favorable matchup, I think I would start them over Thielen. Yeah, and I, I think that you can just uh, downgrade everyone on, on both sides for the most part aside of from those guys. Like, I don't think any tight ends will be relevant because I know Jimmy Graham's only been getting red zone looks and um, uh, Irv Smith might not be healthy uh, to compete in this game. And if he is, I don't think Kyle Rudolph will be healthy enough for the Vikings. So uh, I think it, you're limited. I think it'll mostly be a game on the ground this week. Yeah. I can see that happening. Low-scoring game. All right, Nate, let's go to the Browns. Um, They're facing the um, Giants this week. And um, what do you think about this game? Do you think the Browns can pull it off? I think they can beat the Giants, honestly. Yeah, I guess the the way the Giants looked this week, they didn't look too difficult. Yeah, (laughs) and, like, Baker's been, like, improving a lot. He had, like, a lot of criticism, like, last season or early in the season about his, like, playmaking skills. But he's, like, a lot more consistent in the pocket. He's just, like, he knows how to make the right plays now. So so do you trust 
starting Baker in this matchup? I think I would start him in this matchup for sure. Um, I guess you roll with Chubb and Hunt as well. Yeah, yeah. And Landry as well. Yeah. So pretty much everyone from the Browns, maybe even Higgins, right? Yeah. If you have uh, Higgins, I'd put him as a flex option. Okay. All right. Uh, Nate, um, what what do you think about, uh, I don't know, the Browns defense? Should be a full go? Um, hmm. I think maybe. It depends on um, if Miles Garrett is healthy because I think last game he got hit in his elbow with a helmet. Okay. So they may or may not start him. Yeah, as long as they get pressure, I I feel like they can generate sacks, picks, and so on. And I guess going to you, Mete, I don't know how how you'd be able to start many Giants players. I don't know the... Brown's defense is pretty inconsistent, actually. Like, one week, they'll have a really good week, and then the other week, they'll give up, like, 40 points, like last week, you know? So, maybe not Daniel Jones. I think I would go for Gallman, though. He's been pretty good ever since he started. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Jones Um, is kind of risky. And what about the Giants' defense? Do you think they'd be okay against the Browns, or...? I do like them, but the Browns running game is matchup, really good. Yeah, yeah, and Baker just had a great game too. He threw like 300 yards. Yeah, so I, know. He, I don't think this shredded, is a if he good shredded play. Baltimore, I think yeah, yeah, he could do it against most teams. Yeah, um, let's move to a potential first round matchup in the playoffs, which is the Seahawks against the football team. And uh, Bette, do you think the Seahawks continue their what they've been doing? Uh, what they did against the Jets, sorry? Uh, you know what? Maybe if Alex Smith plays here, the football team can actually win. Yeah, that's, because, that's heavily depending on Alex Smith. Yeah, like... He did, yeah, he did get an injury, so... Seahawks have been kind of bad recently. Yeah, I know they started off the year really good. Their past defense has been kind of suspect, even though it has been better lately, but it's still been kind of suspect. Yeah, this could be an upset. Actually, it could be an upset. You're, you're calling an upset if Alex Smith plays. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what about you, Nate? Um, it's again like one of those like it depends kind of things. I think that one. I think it could be close because the uh, Washington yeah, football team. Close. Ever mm-hmm. since they dropped their name and became woke, they've been <laughs> really good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I still see the Seahawks winning this game, uh, even with Alex Smith being in there. I don't think he'll be 100% if he plays. So I just see the Seahawks just turning into uh, sort of a juggernaut going into the playoffs. Their defense has been better. And I think if their yeah. offense can just catch that spark, that they can go to the next level. So I am taking the Seahawks here. And I'll go to you, uh, Nate, on this. Uh, Russell Wilson, plug and play, top five quarterback most weeks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Chris Carson, top 12 running back most weeks? Uh, I would say so for most weeks. Yeah, yeah. and then wide receivers, Metcalf is like a top five option. And yeah. Lockett, uh, flex play, would you say, at least? Uh, I would put him as a flex, yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think we can trust any tight ends here because Disley and Hollister have been splitting the receptions. No, I wouldn't start any of those two. All sure. right. Um, and then Mete to Washington. Um, would you start their defense here? 
Uh, no. They do have a good defense, but it's the Seahawks. Their offense is really good. I would not yeah. go for it here. If they, if they go over 30 points, you'll just be shooting yourself in the foot with starting them. Yeah. Yeah. And They're going to um, need sacks. Yeah, they need sacks, some type of pressure. If they can get it, they might be a decent play, but you're saying you don't think they're going to be an amazing play. Yeah, the thing with Wilson is, even if you flush him out of the pocket, he's just going to throw on the run, the you know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I guess from this team, um, who would you who would you start from Washington? I assume that you wouldn't start Haskins or Smith just because of the matchup, or would you? I would go for Smith. If he's playing, so like not a, a, a waiver wire pickup type thing. Yeah, McLaurin, I would play. I think Logan Thomas McKissick? has been good lately. McKissick. Uh, hands on. It's like more like a flex option, honestly. Flex like, option, yeah, I see that as well. But he does a, catch a lot. He gets of the targets from Smith. Could be a flex. Smith plays, yeah, he gets the targets. Could be a yeah. flex. So I think he'd be a flex option. And then I guess I just yeah. fade the other receivers like Cam Smith and, and others. Yeah. Sorry, Cam, Cam Sims or, or Steven Sims. I'd probably fade, fade those guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, Going to the next game, the Eagles and Cardinals. Jalen Hurts, man, he looks good. I don't know. Is this is this a new Eagles team, Mete? Yeah. I'm going to pick them here, actually. Yeah, I'm actually think- going to pick them as well. What about you, Nate? He's looking like they're her business right now, so <laughs> I think he can pull something off. Yeah, all right. We're all taking the Eagles here. Um, wow. Yeah, that, that's a first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, 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 Nate, what do you think about uh, the Eagles offense? Jalen Hurts, is he a must-add on the waiver this week? Um, I don't know about must add on the waiver. It depends on like if you have injuries. If I think if you have injuries, then you can start him. But I don't know if I would um, put him must over admit. anyone you have yet. Yeah, um, Miles Sanders, uh, top twenty-five running back now with Hurts at quarterback. Um, I think so. It'll depend on how Jalen Hurts like opens up the offense for him. Yeah, I but, see that yeah. as well. And then I just assume that uh, you might be able to start Dallas Goddard, but fade most of the other receivers as it's mostly going to be a rushing offense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess maybe you could get away with starting Jalen Rager in case this is a negative game script for the Eagles and they have to throw because Rager has been their top targeted yeah. receiver. Yeah. But other than that, he's probably just a lower and flex option. <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, Mete, let's go to the Cardinals and who are you starting here? Probably everyone. The Eagles defense has not been that good. So I would roll Murray. I would roll um I would roll what's his name? Uh Drake. Kenyon Drake. And, <laughs> and uh, then DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins as well. Yep. Um, yep. And I guess if, if Christian Kirk plays, would you consider him? Uh, no, I wouldn't go for Kirk. Okay, yeah, I think that the Eagles, defense, the Eagles defense is very underrated. I feel like that it's been the offense that's been their issue. I don't feel like it's been the defense. So uh, I can see uh, Hopkins being the only relevant receiver, but I think the, those top three you can start with confidence in this matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
uh, the big um, afternoon game on Sunday is the Chiefs against the Saints. And um, I'm still taking the Chiefs after what we've seen. I, I can't fully trust the Saints, even with Drew Brees back. I still think Kansas City wins this. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I think Brees is still going to be it might be a little bit rusty still. He's going to be good, but like good enough to beat the chiefs. I yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mete chiefs? Um, if Breeze is playing, I'm going to go with the saints actually. Oh, They've you, got a good you, defense. You see the saints bouncing back this week on defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like the chiefs have been like really close to losing. Past couple oh, so you, weeks, you and think the dam's gonna burst this week, and they're gonna like they've almost lost a bunch of games recently, and I think this week is the week they're gonna lose again. If you know the rest's gonna come in clutch for them still. <laughs> 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 All right, um, Mete, since you like the Saints, who are you starting from the Saints if Breeze is back? Are you starting Breeze? I'm Breeze. I'm going Camara. I'm going Thomas. Latavius. Even go Cook here. Latavius Murray? Uh, no, I wouldn't go um, for him. Emmanuel Sanders? He's been pretty inconsistent, too. I think um, those are like... When, when Michael Thomas uh, was out, Traquan Smith was their top receiver, so he might get some looks. I don't know if he'll be enough for a flex option, but I think, yeah, the, the big three, uh, along with potentially Jared Cook, since he's always just catching a touchdown. That's, that's what it is. It's just yeah. like three catches and a touchdown for like 30 yards every week. Yeah. Um, Nate, I'll go to you again for the Chiefs. It's just start everyone as usual. Yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, if, if you have them, start them. <laughs> yeah, Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, Tyree Kill, and then maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Sammy Watkins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um. Mete, let's go to uh, the Dallas game. And do you see Dallas beating the 49ers this week? Uh, <laughs> you guys are going to call me delusional, but yeah, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Oh, you, do, you don't like the way the 49ers look this week against Washington? Uh, yeah, but Washington is good on defense. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, the 49ers have had a pretty good defense. Just their offense hasn't clicked yeah. in it. They want, want I don't to know. Win. I feel like with Mullins, their offense is better than Garoppolo. I like Mullins better. Yeah, I guess they're just missing Kittle and you know some of their other options. But um, I don't know. I'm taking the 49ers just because they they've just been they've lost a lot of close games. I don't know what about you, Nate. Um, I guess it could go either way. It depends if um, is Zeke starting this week. Yeah, he is. If he is, then he might be able to take it, but also depends on like Jimmy as well. So, yeah, Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the 49ers just because I think that um, I don't know. Ayuk looked amazing. Um, Nate, I'll go to you on this. Um, Brandon Ayuk, do you think he's moving into the top 25 wide receiver conversation after back to back stellar games? Um. I think he's close. You can make an argument for it, okay. but I think we'll need to wait for one more game and see. Okay, and then I assume then you, you would start him and Samuel in this matchup. Is that correct? Yeah. And then for the running backs, would you start Mostert would you, or would you start anyone else in that backfield? Um, I'm not too sure. Um, 
if you have somebody above Mostert, I put them over. But I think Mostert can he can start if you don't have anyone else. Okay, and rush um, defense is last, bro. I would start him. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I thought, I thought your passing run. defense was worse than the rush defense. No, our pass defense is sixth, and the rush defense is thirty second. Oh, geez, we're the yeah. worst against the run. Yeah. We can't stop it. So I, I assume that uh, okay, then then star monster for sure. We'll roll with, yeah, we'll roll with monster. Yeah, um, and then Mete for Dallas's end. I just assume that you start um, Zeke, Amari, um, CD Lamb. Would you start CD Lamb in this matchup? Uh, honestly, I think I'm only starting Amari here. I wouldn't even go for Zeke. Oh, you don't know about Zeke? Uh, like he's so been. I guess, I guess so not Tony Pollard either. Yeah. Like, if Zeke was hurt and it's just Pollard, I would go for Pollard because yeah. I actually like what I see from him. But Zeke's been so really I, underwhelmed. I guess Zeke is just if you don't have anyone else. Yeah, I guess. Starter. Yeah. All I right. guess so. Yeah, that just seems to be the way it's playing out. Um, we'll go to the Monday night game, the Steelers and the Bengals. Um, uh, Pittsburgh has to win this. There, there's no way around it. I don't know what you guys uh, think about that. but Unless uh, Gio Bernard... Um, activates his stash, <laughs> then I don't, I don't see any way of the Bengals winning. Honestly, yeah, I I just think that this is going to be a low-scoring game, just because I haven't seen any offense from Pittsburgh lately. I just, I don't know. You might be able to go to James Conner just because of how bad the Bengals' run defense is. I don't know what you think about that, Nate. Uh, their their run defense is very bad, so I I think you can turn to James Conner, even though he hasn't been as consistent. I mean, he's more of like he's like one of those like flex running backs, but yeah, they haven't been using the, the run lately. I think yeah. that's their issue. Yeah, and I guess for pass catchers, it's just uh, Juju's. Your, you said Juju's your top guy. Yeah, I think I would start. I would start Ju- Juju still. And um, I guess uh, if Deontay Johnson is still in good grace with. Mike Tomlin, then you might be able to roll them out. Yeah, we'll we'll see what Mike Tomlin thinks about that. But yeah, I know, <laughs> and I assume Roethlisberger is still a top end quarterback because this is a very easy matchup. Yeah, yeah, he's still Big right. Ben, so yeah, for sure. And um, I don't know about Claypool and Ebron. It just depends on how many pass attempts there are in this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mete, I'll go to you about the Bengals. Are you starting anyone from the Bengals against Pittsburgh? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this is the the week to start. Yeah, Bengals. I mean, T. Higgins might be a low end flex option, but I can't see anyone else being relevant. Yeah, maybe Higgins. That's it. Yeah, because Tyler Boyd has been boomer bust. AJ Green's been the same. Gio Bernard just fumbled away his best opportunity. Yeah, last, last game, and mm-hmm. we don't know who's going to be a quarterback for them. You know, it's it, it's just been a mixed bag all year for the Bengals. Yeah, I think their O line's been the problem, honestly. Oh yeah, they their O line, their D line, they they really need to revamp things. I think mm-hmm. their their best player has been Joe Burrow when he was healthy. That's yeah, their their bright spot of the year, T Higgins as well. But I I think they okay. have a lot of work to do to get up to uh, a good spot in the AFC North. Yeah. All right, guys, I think that's enough for our our preview, and I think that we can hop right into our NBA preview for this coming fantasy season. All right, sounds good. All right, welcome guys to the Fantasy Fanatics Basketball Fantasy Preview. 
Uh, today we're going to run through Yahoo's top 100 rankings and we're just going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, who we like in this each area of the rankings, who we might fade, and we'll also talk about some top rookies heading into this year's fantasy draft. I'm joined again by Nate and Mete. Uh, what's up, guys? Hey. So, so, all right, let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's just look through this top 10 here. There's a lot of good names that provide a lot of fantasy value um, in nine category leagues. Uh, let me just start with you, Nate. Uh, who's someone in this top 10 that you're, you're really high on going into this season? Um, I ha- There's like two players I was thinking about. I think Yanis and Jokic. Um, Jokic is very versatile, especially for a center. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of assists. I think he's top. He might be top 10 or just outside the top 10 for assists. And he's a center. So that's like really good. And then Giannis, he's like, he's basically like a force. So mm-hmm. he gets like a bunch of points, a bunch of rebounds. I know a lot of people have been criticizing him for his shooting, but his shooting was actually not bad for him specifically. I think this is like one of his last year was one of his better years for shooting actually. So mm-hmm. I think if he keeps uh, going with that momentum, even even if he gets like average three points, he's gonna be like really high value. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I can definitely agree with that. Yanis uh, being the MVP last year, I think he'll just continue to progress. Uh, he just signed an extension to stay with Milwaukee, yeah. so I feel like he'll just continue to grow into his role there. Um, Mete, let me get to you. Uh, who are you high on in this top ten? Uh, for my top 10, I picked Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's really good. Like, he's, uh, he scores a lot of points, rebounds. He even gets assists, gets blocks, steals. He does everything, man. I think he's a really good pick, especially if you're in the Cupid League, you know? I think he should yeah, be, like, sure. a top five so you, pick. You could sure. see him potentially being uh, one of the top two finishers this year in fantasy. Yeah. yeah. He's got that potential right. for sure. All right. Uh, what about someone, Metti, that you might fade a little bit? You know, they might be in the top 10, but maybe you might not take them right near the top or you might fade them even outside the top 10. Uh, this one was a bit harder because, like, the players in the top 10 are pretty good. But I picked Curry because he's fifth right now. And it was, like Nathan said, he's high on Giannis and Jokic. And Giannis and Jokic were behind him. And I think I would go for Giannis and Jokic over Curry. Like, I have nothing against Curry. It's just, like, where he's ranked for me. Yeah, I feel like that he might take time to adjust uh, coming off the injury, you know? And I, yeah. yeah, I don't know where he's going. Yeah, Nate, you want to say something? I was just going to say, like, I was thinking about Curry as well because his, um, his like, in his, like, because of his injury. So mm-hmm. now I think he's, like, official. I, well, he's been injury prone, but, like, now it's, like, even more so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else you might think of fading, Nate? I was thinking about Devin Booker, mainly mm-hmm. for the reason um, I'm going off the assumption that for your top player, you want someone who can do everything. Mm-hmm. Like you just plug him in and he'll just get stats for you. Fill, fill all the categories, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like Devin's like one of the best scorers in the league, but I don't think he has enough versatility to do that, to just fill up categories. So. Yeah, for sure. I totally get where you're coming from. Also, the addition of Chris Paul might take away some of his stats in other areas, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, let me go right back to you, Mete. Um, 
uh, I'd say between 11 and 25. Uh, who's someone you're high on in that area of the draft? I have LeBron as my player I'm high on because it's LeBron. You know, he should be a top 10 pick. He's like the best player so, in the world. So you think Honestly, him not going in the top 10 is a mistake, eh? Huh? Sorry? Sorry, go ahead, Nate. Oh, I was just going to say, like, just his versatility alone just makes him top 10. Yeah. He's the most versatile player in the NBA right now. Yeah, so I, I think, I guess, uh, for him to be outside the top 10, that must be a crime in fantasy. Uh, people should be reaching for him is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. You can He's plug him it. into four positions. That already says a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he has four position eligibility this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's going to really increase his draft stock. Wow, he can play positions one to four. That's amazing. All right, Nate, who are you high on in this section? Besides, I, you might be high on LeBron as well, but besides LeBron, who else are you high on? I picked um, Katie, and I put Westbrook with an asterisk, and you'll see why after my my lower. But um, basically, Katie's still one of the best scorers in the league, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like, yeah, he got um, COVID, but... I think that uh, if if he gets if he can shake off the rust, he's gonna prove that he's still one of the best scorers in the league, basically. Mm-hmm. And you think and the for, same for Westbrook? For Westbrook, like he's basically like a walking triple double still. Yep. And like his only weakness is shooting, but he scores so much that I think it can make up for it if you draft a lot of good shooters around him. Okay. And he gets a lot of turnovers too. Yeah. Nate, Nate, you said yeah. you lower on someone. Who who was that person? So that person was Ben Simmons. So you're gonna see why. It's like, why would I pick Westbrook and then pick Ben Simmons because they both have bad shooting? Mm-hmm. I think um, Ben Simmons has. He's actually really versatile and he's a good defender. He's the leader for steals this season with I think 2.1 steals. So that's like really good. But he's had like poor shooting for a while now and his i think he's only averaging like 16 points a game so Mm -hmm. for like a franchise player that's kind of like i don't know i i I feel like he should be a a little bit lower than like 25th because of that okay that's understandable i think he he's taken early i guess because of name value essentially yeah all right mete who's someone that you're lower on in the top 25 um, low on John Collins because I just don't believe he should be a top 25 pick. Like, he's got potential for sure, but there's, like, better picks that you can get with your top 25 pick other than John Collins, I believe. Yeah, I guess Atlanta's also got a lot of firepower now, so yeah. to, to spread the ball around to everyone, Collins might not get all the looks mm-hmm. that, that he that, that he wants, you know, in that offense. Not that he's not a good player, he's an amazing yeah. player, but it's just it's just the offense. There's too many bodies, uh, too many mouths to feed, essentially. Um, yeah. Rolling into the, the top 50, I'd say in that 26 to 50 range, Mete, who's someone that you're high on there? Um, I had Zion because he's like the first pick last year. He only played like 20, 30 games last year, and he showed you what he could do, you know. He can do everything, and I believe he's going to be a really good player. So fantasy-wise, what can we expect from him? What categories is he going to fill? Points, rebounds for sure. His assists aren't too bad. He can play defense too. He'll get like blocks and steals. And – 
Like I'm hoping he'll take a leap with his shot. It wasn't too bad, but if he improves it, you know, it's mm -hmm. just better for him. More All stats right. he can fill. Yeah, that, that seems like something that could happen. Uh, Zion could take the next step and prove maybe maybe even jump into the top 25. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would take him over John Collins for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nate, who are you high on in the top 50 players? Um, I had three players. Um, I think I, I put uh, Pascal, John Morant, and Levine. Uh. Mm -hmm. John Morant because like this it's his first season and he's already like 17 17 points a bunch of assists that's like really good for a rookie so I think if he takes the next step he could really increase his value mm -hmm. um the only thing that's like I think that's holding him back is like maybe rebounding which is understandable because he's he's, yeah, a, well, guard, he's right? a point guard right yeah. so so I think if he increases his scoring and his assist by even more, then his value would go go really high. Yeah, and you said you think Siakam and Levine are also very good picks in that area. Yeah, I think Levine is rated a little bit too low, especially because his um his shooting has increased a lot and he's a really good good scorer. And he's a pretty decent defender as well. So mm -hmm. I think that gives him enough versatility to be higher. And uh, Pascal I think he's improved a lot. Uh, he's a good defender, he's a good, good scorer. He gets a lot of rebounds. The only thing missing is his is his playmaking, and if he gets his playmaking up a little bit, then his value is going to increase up by a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you should we should see a good shooting percentage, free throw percentage, uh, uh, blocks, points, all the all those things, right? Pretty much rebounds yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you said you were lower on who, sorry? Was it Christian Wood? Yeah, it was Christian Wood. Yeah. Uh, I think comparing to like other other bigs who are like lower than him, he's just not as good as them. So I don't really understand why they rated him so high, in my opinion. So Yeah, also uh Demarcus Cousins is there and I, I think he's been starting in the preseason at center. So I don't I just don't see a path for Christian Wood to be a top. 50 fantasy player unless he just makes the most out of his limited minutes or there happens to be an injury or whatever yeah pretty much yeah it's I, kind I, of I, power forward oh he's gonna start at power forward he could yeah because yeah. he's uh power forward as well yeah, yeah. so the i guess there but he hasn't been playing finish there but i don't know like i've been keeping up with the preseason he hasn't played the two preseason games i think okay yeah um Actually, let Nate. Let's move to the top seventy-five. So fifty-one to seventy-five. Who who are some players that you're higher on there? Maybe one or two players. Um, I think two players that I really liked. Um, I like CJ and DeRozan. Uh, C CJ is like a CJ McCollum. Yeah, CJ McCollum. Yeah, he's a he's a good shooter and he's a good scorer. So I think. If you're looking to to round out your roster, he's like really good. So I'm surprised he's not a top fifty player, to be honest. Honestly, I yeah. thought he would have been in the top fifty. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. Yeah, I I'd be high on him also. Yeah, and I picked DeRozan because like even though, like he's not he's not like the best three point shooter, but he has really good free throw percentage, really good overall field goal percentage. Mm -hmm. He is a he's a better defender than people are giving him credit for. 
and he's a good playmaker too. So, yeah. Um, Mete, what about you? Some guys in the top 75, one or two that you might be higher on. I was high on John Wall. He was ranked 67, and I think he should go before that, actually, because, like I said, I've been keeping up with preseason, and he's done really good the first two games. And if, especially if they trade Harden, they'll have, like, the opportunity to be the primary ball handler, and they'll get, like, a lot of stats. He has a path into a top 20 player this year. Yeah. 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 What about someone? What about someone you're lower on in that range? Uh, I was lower on Miles Turner in this range. She's like decent, but there was a lot of better picks in the like even after him. There's a lot of better picks that you can get. So I think he's ranked too high. He gets points, rebounds. Like his points average is like around 15. He'll get you like seven boards and. Maybe like a three and nine, and he can block a few shots. He's not too bad at blocking, but I think there's better picks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nate, what about you? Who are you lower on in that range? Um, I had the same pick, uh, Miles Turner, and pretty much for the same reason. And to like give context, I compared him with Clint Capella. Capella mm-hmm. is basically averaging a double double, while Miles is just twelve points and six rebounds. So it's like. Why why would I pick Miles Turner when Clint Capella is averaging a double double rate? So um in that range, I think that uh I think people are underrating Porzingis actually. Because yeah. um he's I, I, apparently he might not be back till January or so. But um I think when he is back, you'll be getting full value from him. You might even be getting top 25, top 50 value from Porzingis. So for him yeah. to be going in the 60s, 70s range is, is way too low, in my opinion. And I think I'd fade TJ Warren a little bit. I know he popped off in the bubble, but he has yeah. to do that at a consistent pace. He can't can't just rely on his production because he wasn't even a top 100 player going into the bubble. Yeah, so exactly. for him to be ranked in the top 75, I think is too high. Um, yeah, let's let's just move into that seventy-six to one hundred range. Mete, who are you a lot higher on in that range? I was high on OG Ananobi because this year I think he's gonna take a big leap. I've seen like reports saying we want to run more plays for him. He's a good shooter, you know. He'll get you rebounds, get you steals and blocks, and he's really efficient. Like he doesn't usually chuck out bad shots. He'll usually shoot when he's open. So I like that about him. All right. What about you, Nate? Who who do you like in that range? I had uh, three players. Um, I had Oladipo, Kemba, and Rubio. Mm-hmm. Um, Oladipo, basically, I think that um, I feel like they're rating him lower because of his injury. But I think that if he comes back and he's like fresh, um, I think we might see him back when he first arrived in Indiana, like his his uh, stats during that year were like really high. So I think even if he gets close to that, his value should be like way higher than where he is right now. All right. What about someone you're lower on in that range? Um, Lower, I put Wendell Carter Jr. And it's like kind of like similar story to uh, Miles Turner. His uh, points, his shooting, just his stats in general are just too low for him. Like I so you don't with, think like, he'll take that next step this year? Uh, I'm not really feeling it, to be honest. 
Like, so you, so I, you, you, you're not banking on him taking that next step, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even um, Kevin Love and Julius Randle are better than him well, right now, so. Uh, oh yeah, when it comes to like category coverage, yeah, I can I can see that uh, as long as Kevin Love stays healthy, obviously. Yeah. But when when he is healthy, he's uh, uh, he's the guy. Um. Anyways, um. Let's let's move on. Um. Mete, what about you? Who are you lower on in the top one hundred? I had Richwan Holmes in the top one hundred that I was low on because they just got um Hassan Whiteside, so I think he's gonna. Get some minutes, and Richon Holmes will lose out some minutes because of that. And yeah, he might even lose his starting position. To I'm on. still surprised he's ranked inside the top 100. Yeah. To be honest, I I think that he's he's ranked way too high. Um, so, someone that I would actually be higher on, uh, ranked at 99 is Chris Boucher, and I think that I think this year might be his year for uh. For a, for a crazy breakout. Um, I know Aaron Baines is the starting center at the moment, but at the end of the season, I could see it being Chris Boucher, uh, just depending on how he progresses over this season. And um, getting him at 99, especially getting these bigs that can provide you with, you know, double-doubles consistently. I think if Chris Boucher gets a minute uptick, then then he can, he can definitely get you double-doubles. He can get you blocks. He can get you good percentages on the floor and I think he's definitely someone to look out for. I think you guys can probably agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. All right, let's let's step into the the rookie section of our discussion and I'll start with you Nate. Uh give me three rookies that you're that you're pretty high on heading into this year. Um I had um Anthony Edwards, Malachi Flynn and Theo Maladon. Uh, uh Anthony Edwards, he's really athletic. He's a good blocker. He's a good defender. And I think he's getting starting minutes in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be a really good opportunity for him to get a lot of stats. And uh, for Malachi Flynn, uh, from what I saw during the preseason highlights, he was like a good defender. He was a good shooter. He was good. He was a good playmaker as well. So, I think he got like seventeen points, three threes, three three assists. So, mm -hmm. that's pretty good for a rookie. And Theo Maladon again, his uh, preseason stats were really good. He had like twenty points, five assists, I think. So that's really good. He's a good playmaker. So, I think those three are those are people I, I really like. Those are three rookies that you're telling people to look out for when their drafts come. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, hopefully those guys will find their ways into starting lineups, but if not, they'll still provide value in your opinion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, Mete, what about you three rookies that you're high on? So I had LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Killian Hayes as my sleeper. LaMelo Ball, what I like about him is – he already played professionally, like in Lithuania and in Australia. So he's played against a lot of men. <clears throat> and then he's he's a great playmaker. He can get rebounds because he's big. You know, he's six seven. He's got a great shot. I think he's got great potential. So if you're in a keeper league, you could pick him for sure. And then James Wiseman, I think, is in a really good situation with Golden State. I think Draymond Green and 
um, Steph and Curry are great playmakers, so they can feed him the ball down low, you know, get easy looks. Mm-hmm. And my sleeper was Killian Hayes because Dwayne Casey already announced that Killian Hayes is the starting point guard of the Detroit Pistons. So I think he's got good potential and he's going to get a lot of minutes. So he'll be giving you good value, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, that sounds good. Uh, I guess that wraps it up for our uh, basketball preview. Thanks again, guys. And uh, next week, we'll dive into fantasy basketball a little bit more. All right. Uh, welcome to the hockey section of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Um, I'm the host. My name's Nathan, and I'm interviewing our hockey expert, James Kumar. Hey, Nate. Thanks for the introduction. It's nice to be able to talk to you about some hockey. Uh, uh, we hear the announced uh, date for the start of hockey is uh, it's presumed to be January 13th, so I'm excited for the NHL season to be back. And yeah, let's go ahead. Let's preview uh, the d- potential divisions and what they mean for fantasy hockey. All right. So the first one I want to talk about is the Canadian division. Um, I think this one's going to be interesting because of how widespread all the teams are. So I was wondering um, which teams do you think are going to be like affected the most by having to travel around so much? Yeah. Okay. So assuming that we don't have a bubble for each division, if there is travel between all of the teams, I think teams on the uh, far end of the spectrum, uh, mainly the Vancouver Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens might be affected by the, the travel. I know Ottawa is pretty far east as well. Um, uh, teams like, like Winnipeg that are like right in the middle might not have to deal with that as much. I mean, if they're in a bubble, then I guess that evens the playing field. But uh, that division is it's very wide open. Um, as I was going over my projections for the potential standings, assuming all the teams play each other in their respective division, uh, it's about a 56-game season. So the projections are all very close. I believe the, the first place team that I have and the fifth place is only separated by maybe like five or seven points. It's not even that. Wow. Um, yeah. All right, that sounds pretty good. So uh, is there any teams that you're favoring or is there any teams that you Yeah, I'll go over the I'll go over my projected standings just now. Uh, we'll, we'll put the graphic up on the screen and um, like what, what I've come up with is I've come up with a, a custom schedule based on a 56 game season uh, with the Canadian division only having seven teams. It, it will mean that uh, uh, some teams might play other teams more more or less, depending. Uh, maybe nine games, maybe ten games. It just depends. And we don't have a schedule yet, so it's just a, proje- a projection. Uh, as you can see on the graphic, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs finishing first with 70 points, okay. followed by the Vancouver Canucks with 67 points. Calgary right. Flames also with 67 points. I have the Edmonton Oilers with 66 points. The Winnipeg Jets with 63 points. The Montreal Canadiens with 58 points. And uh, in last place, I have the Ottawa Senators with 44 points. And um, yeah, like I said, the Leafs uh, all the way down to the fifth place Jets. And my projections only separated by seven points. Montreal can easily jump up in there if they have a great year or if there's a potential injury to another, uh, one of the top five teams. And this is, this is sort of what I'm looking at in terms of standings. 
all right so sounds good it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a back and forth kind of season for the canadian division oh yeah absolutely the i just think the matchups are going to be close things can go any which way uh because these teams will be playing each other over and over compared to a regular season where you spread out your games among other of the the 31 different teams in the league when you're playing only the, the same teams in your division the, uh, rivalries develop and games seem to be a lot closer than they normally would be right yeah 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 all right, so let's go to the East Division. Um, what are your thoughts on the Eastern Division so far? Yeah, um, going through the Eastern Division, this division seems to be pretty much finalized with the NHL. I know uh, our final two divisions, they're, they're not completely finalized at the time we're recording this, but the East Division seems, the teams inside seem to be finalized. So um I'll, I'll just go through my projection for them as as we we're showing on the screen uh i actually have the washington capitals finishing first place with 74 points followed by the philadelphia flyers with 73 points then the pittsburgh penguins with 70 points i have boston taking a little bit of a drop from last year they'll be finishing fourth in this division with 64 points in fifth i have the new york islanders with 61 points the new york rangers with 57 I have the Buffalo Sabres finishing with 48 points. And in last place, I have the New Jersey Devils finishing with 43 points. Um, a couple takeaways from this division is that um, teams one through five, so the Capitals all the way to the Islanders, um, I mean, it can go any which way depending on injuries and so on. Uh, if Boston gets some of their injured players back, they can move up in the standings. And uh, either the New York Rangers or the Buffalo Sabres could be a playoff surprise, depending on how their seasons turn out with their their younger core players. Okay, okay. So it seems like uh, the New Jersey Devils, they're going to have to put in some something extra to try to catch up. Yeah, I mean, this division, I'd say, is probably the toughest because there are, I, I'd say, from the Washington Capitals to the New York Islanders, these five teams, they're all high-caliber NHL teams. They've really given New Jersey and Buffalo especially a tough road to try and get into the playoffs. Um, and also with the Rangers, that they're just a very young team. I can't really project them for anything higher because we don't know how a lot of their young players are going to pan out, including first overall pick Alexi Lafreniere. Right. Well, we'll see if the Rangers can lead the way to the playoffs this season. Yeah, let's see what happens. It's going to be yeah. interesting. All right, so... The next one we're going to talk about is the Central Division. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on it is that as of right now, um, they're undecided with a couple teams either in the Central Division or in the West Division. Um, th they've had some concerns over whether it's travel, whether it's time zones, all that sort of thing. So um, I know uh, either Minnesota or um, Dallas or St. Louis could potentially end up switching divisions by the time they finalize everything. But as of right now, I have Minnesota in the Central Division and I have Dallas and St. Louis in the West Division because that's what's projected as of right now. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I'll, a I'll huge a gap between yeah. Minnesota and Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of how things are going. But uh, 
I'll, I'll take a look now at the potential standings for this division. I have Tampa Bay in first place. I actually have them winning the President's Trophy uh, for the highest, uh, the team with the most points at the end of the season. I just see this division being very easy for Tampa Bay. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions, and I, I believe that they're going to lead the way in this division with 83 points. Then I have the Carolina Hurricanes following them with 72 points. Then I have the Columbus Blue Jackets at 69 points. The Nashville Predators with 68 points. The Florida Panthers with 59 points. Followed by the Minnesota Wild with 57. Then the Chicago Blackhawks with 46. And then in last, the Detroit Red Wings with just 38 points. Uh, It'll definitely be an improvement on their points per game from last year where they were the worst team in the league. So I don't think they'll be as bad as last year, but I don't see them passing any of the other teams in this division. Uh, just just the way that it's shaping out over this 56-game season. Right. Well, I think any improvement's better than nothing. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. And I, I think that um, both Tampa Bay and Carolina will be the two clear best teams in this division with Columbus and Nashville, you know, mixing it in just depending on uh, Columbus definitely getting scoring and Nashville definitely uh, hoping to improve on their goaltending this year. Right, right, right. All right, so we'll go to the West Division now. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, the West Division, uh, it's actually w- w- with some of these moves that, they, that they've made, uh, switching teams in and out of this division, uh, the way it's projecting is actually looking like a pretty top-heavy, tough division. So uh, like I'd say the top four teams I'm projecting in this division are legitimate Stanley cup contenders. Um, I have, uh, as you can see the Vegas golden Knights leading this division uh, with 76 points. And I also have St. Louis tied with them at 76 points. Um, I have the Colorado avalanche in third with 72 points. The avalanche can easily be first place in this division, just depending on how things shake out. Um, but this is how I see it. I see Dallas at fourth with 68 points. They just went to the Stanley cup finals this year. So, um, all those four teams have top level caliber teams. And then, um, then it, it takes a little bit of a drop. Uh, there's about an 11 point drop in my project projection down to the San Jose sharks who I, I see as a bounce back team. They had so many injuries last year. They should be a lot healthier this year. I see them with 57 points followed by the LA Kings at 50 points. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes taking a bit of drop uh, of a drop from last year at 45 points. And then the Anaheim Ducks finishing last in this division with 40 points. And uh, I mean, Anaheim, uh, if, uh, if many of their prospects click, I, I could actually see them finishing a bit higher than that. I just don't believe that they'll be a playoff team this coming season. Right. Well, if they have young players, then I guess if they can get some experience for next year, that'd probably be the best thing for them. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. That's most definite. Um, Let me, let me take a look at some, uh, some fantasy impact from these divisions. Um, Definitely you can bank on the Canadian division being uh, like tough each, each and every game being tough as all of these teams are around the same level when it comes to skill. I know uh, last year, these uh, I'd say the top six teams, uh, not including Ottawa, you can definitely bank on for fantasy production and uh, your plus minus most likely won't hurt with any of these teams as plus minus is one of the, the main categories in fantasy hockey. Um, with the Ottawa Senators, uh, the amount of goals that they're most likely going to allow is going to really hurt players plus minus. So 
uh, with uh, the Ottawa Senators, you're looking for guys that are going to contribute to other categories, uh, maybe uh, hits, goals, power play points, assists, that kind of thing. You, you definitely want uh, those kind of guys. And uh, with goalies, uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Matt Murray is definitely worth owning, but you're going to have to temper your expectations with him because he plays for Ottawa. Okay. So what do you think of uh, hits being the new category this year? Um, actually, uh, they added it last year, but I know a lot of leagues didn't add it into their rotation last year. They still went on with penalty minutes, but uh, a, a lot of leagues are switching to hits this year. And I think it's a, it's a better category than penalty minutes as it's, it's more of an offensive stat. And uh, okay. most leagues like offensive stats. So hit, I, hits, I feel like, is more of an offensive stat compared to penalty minutes. So uh, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by that. Um, moving to the East division, uh, uh, some people might question me having the Washington Capitals in first place, but this team always finds a way to get it done in the regular season. Uh, I know right. the last couple of years in the playoffs, they haven't been as good, but in the regular season, I can definitely see them finishing first in points. Um, fantasy wise, I'd say anyone from the New York Rangers and up, you should be okay in terms of plus minus drafting them. Because uh, I'd, I'd see a lot of these teams having more wins than losses, which means that plus minuses will generally be better on these teams. Um, Buffalo, um, it's tough to say because in past seasons, the, the plus minuses for players have been really bad. And I guess New Jersey, if you're, if you're punting the, the plus minus category in your league and you're looking to win other categories, then I think you'd be okay drafting some players from New Jersey. But if you're really relying on plus minus as one of the categories that you want to win with, then I definitely avoid a lot of New Jersey's players as they're going to most likely be heavy in the, the minus this year. Right, right, right. It seems like if you want plus minus, then you're going to want players from a top contending team this year yeah that's that's usually what you look for these top teams uh, teams you know that are going to finish top three in their division like that that's what you want to go for um if you're really banking on that plus minus category as one of your top categories this year in fantasy hockey let's look at the central division uh with tampa bay and tampa bay is one of those teams where you can draft players from even their third line a lot of times because they'll contribute well uh, i know their third line guys like uh barclay goudreau and uh, uh other guys you know like pat maroon and others that contribute on hits they'll give you a good plus minus you know might chip in a few goals few assists they might not get the power play time but if you're looking to bank on some of these other categories like plus minus you'll be drafting a lot of tampa bay players coming this draft season um yeah any any one of those top three or four teams you can usually bank on for a good plus minus i i feel like um yeah and then and then for the for the west division um vegas golden knights um you can roll guys from their top two lines their top two defensive pairings you'll get plus minus you'll get their tough team they'll get you lots of hits um your, their top scores will be on the on the top power play uh, guys like Shea Theodore on defense, Alex Petrangelo, um, and their scores like Mark Stone, William Carlson, guys like that, you'll be getting a uh, good plus minus from those guys. Um, St. Louis, uh, definitely. Um, they, they have a lot of uh, top end talent, uh, especially um, up front at forward and they'll, the, the plus minuses will be really good for the, those players. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, they're going to be a, a top team this year. Um, 
uh, they're definitely going to be at a high scoring level. So if you if you want a lot of scoring, uh, you definitely draft guys like Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, and Miko Rantanen. Those guys will be on the top power play. They'll get you lots of points. They'll get you a good plus minus, and, and you'll be safe rolling with them. I know with Dallas, uh, they're, they're going to start out the year with some injuries, Tyler Sagan, Ben Bishop, and so on. So temper your expectation with with players from Dallas, as they've known they've been known to uh, have trouble scoring in the past. I've said the same about teams like the New York Islanders and and others, uh, and also the Boston Bruins. Aside from their top line, sometimes these teams have trouble scoring. So you got to temper your expectations with those guys. And the rest of the division uh, might be tough in terms of plus minus for your fantasy. But just looking at these standings. Uh, teams with a lot of younger players, they, a lot of them have upside. So you might want to take a flyer on these players, especially if they, they have upside in other categories that's not including plus minus. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So speaking of hits, who do you think is the most likely to beat Jake Paul in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, it, it was funny with the Vander Kane calling out these guys, but uh, I don't know, man. It, I, either him, maybe Ryan Reeves, maybe a guy like Tom Wilson. You know, these tough guys. They're, you know, they're 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 big dudes. You know, they can they can really drop the gloves and let it rip. You know, so yeah, maybe one of them could take on Jake Paul. <laughs> well, we'll see see what happens in the upcoming season. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Fanatics Injury Report. I'm joined by a Sheridan College Athletic Therapy student, Victoria Kumar, and she's here to bring us our injury report for the week. Uh, Victoria, welcome. Thank you. Um, Let's get right down to it. We'll start in the NFL. I know Julio Jones did not play this week. Um, Can we expect him back this week? So with Julio Jones, we're looking at kind of like a hamstring injury and he's been kind of off and on. Uh, He's missed a few games at the beginning um, because that was when he first originally got the injury and he's kind of been struggling with it all season. Um, And it looked like at first he kind of tweaked it, but now it seems this injury is a little bit more severe. So first we were looking at kind of just a first degree uh, hamstring injury, but now it's more like a second degree um, injury. So To be honest, I wouldn't count on him returning this week. The Falcons basically uh, don't have a chance of making the playoffs. I mean, mathematically, maybe they do, but um, we're not really looking at a huge um, kind of comeback where they're going to make the bottom of the playoffs. Um, So I think the team's going to rest him, um, kind of make sure that he's all good. And then we can probably expect to see him um, at the end, like maybe last week or maybe even next week, we might be able to see him, but it's going to depend. We're going to just have to watch if he's practicing, um, in the next couple of weeks. All right. Um, Mike Gesicki had a pretty bad arm injury when he went down on, on Sunday in the game against Kansas city. Um, what can we expect from this injury and how long will he be out or will he be back? Um, yeah, so I took a look at the injury. I kind of watched the footage because they haven't really stated a lot about what it is. They just said an arm injury. Um, and when I watched the footage, the camera angles were a little hard to see, but it looked like it could have been an elbow injury uh, rather than a shoulder. Um, I could be wrong uh, because, again, like I said, it's hard to see. 
um, and they walked him off in the position where they were kind of cradling his elbow. Um, it didn't look super severe in that aspect in terms of the elbow. So if it is an elbow injury, he could be back this week. Didn't look super severe. Um, however, another thing that it could also be uh, just simply by the way they were cradling him and how he also went down kind of with an outstretched hand. Um, he could have uh, had a clavicle injury. So a shoulder a collarbone injury um, instead of more of like a shoulder injury. Um, and if he has that, so like what they call it, like an AC separation type of injury, uh, we may not see him back this week and it might not be a few weeks, maybe the rest of the season that we'll see him if we have something like that. So I think we just got to watch the reports, the injury reports again, see if he's practicing this week and then that, hopefully that will help us see what's up with him. All right, let's move forward. Um, Antonio Gibson missed this week. Um, apparently, it was a turf toe. Uh, what happened there, and how long will you be out? Yeah, so turf toe injury is kind of where you sprain a little um, ligament on the bottom of your foot, um, and that's uh, at the bottom of your big toe. Um, and honestly, turf toe can sometimes be pretty severe, and they mentioned in some of the reports that it was. Um, so... I don't really expect him to play this week. He might play next week though, because then he would have been out for now uh, two, three weeks. Um, but again, we're going to have to see, we're going to have to watch and see um, what's kind of happening with him. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. And um, looking at the saints, uh, I, I heard reports that Drew Brees might be back this upcoming week. Um, what happened there with his injury and can we expect him back this week? Um, so yeah, I did read some of those reports, but they were still very skeptical because he did fracture a lot of uh, ribs and he collapsed his lung on I, most likely his right side. They didn't really say, but kind of by the way he fell when I watched the footage, it kind of looked like that. Um, he most likely will return this season, but kind of near the end. So maybe we'll see him in the last week. Uh, again, we're going to have to keep watching the reports and see if he's practicing. All right. Um, Austin Hooper had an injury. Um, I don't believe we saw him in this past week's game, but uh, will we see him back this week? Um, yeah, so it's it reported that he kind of had a neck injury, uh, but they didn't really know the what happened was kind of what it sounded like like at the end of the game he was just like complaining of neck pain and no one really knew what happened so to me that kind of sounds like he could have got some kind of whiplash in the game that didn't affect him until later um and with a whiplash type of injury sometimes you pull some neck muscles um and so it's all about if he has full range of motion of his neck which is important uh while uh, playing, you know, because he is a tight end, he needs to turn his head fully uh, and his neck fully without any pain. And so we're going to have to just watch and see again, if he's practicing uh, throughout the week after the trainers assess him for his range of motion, his strength and his level of pain. All right. Um, uh, will we expect Christian McCaffrey back this week? I know he had another injury setback. Uh, what can we expect from him? To be honest, Christian McCaffrey's had a lot of injuries this year. He had that high ankle sprain in week two, and he was out for a few weeks. Um, and then he had that shoulder injury again, um, and he didn't play last week because he tweaked his quad. If he's all good from the previous two injuries, so the ankle sprain is no longer hurting him and the shoulder injury, he's fine. We could see him because it sounded like he just tweaked his quad. I think it was during practice or during workout. 
Um, and so that could just be like a first degree type of strain. If it is, we'll probably see him this week. Again, it's just all about watching the practice reports uh, and during the week. All right. Um, Debo Samuel had um, a, a strain. I believe he did play this past week's game, but I don't know how much he played. Uh, could you explain what happened? Yeah, so the thing about Debo Samuel, so he's right now we're waiting on an MRI report to see what it is. They've already confirmed this not there's no fractures, but uh, we're waiting to see kind of the degree of the strain. Um, however, the man posted on his social media on Instagram story saying, I think my season's over. Uh, and then he deleted the video. So just looking at that, it kind of tells you it was probably something really extreme. Like maybe he had a lot of bruising in the area that was indicative of a second or possibly third degree strain. Um, and so we're just, again, we're going to have to watch the MRI reports and the practice reports, but I don't expect him to play this week, especially if he reported something like that on Instagram yeah. and maybe not the rest of the season, but we're going to see. So going back to our preview of this coming week, uh, if Debo Samuel is indeed out for the season, then Brandon Ayuk becomes the number one receiver for that team. And he should see uh, a lot of receptions in that game. Um, moving to Matthew Stafford, uh, what, what's this injury looking like? Um, so I kind of took a look at it. It looks like it's the left side. Um, it doesn't look like a rib fracture, to be honest. It looks like he just got banged up. So he might have like um, kind of a rib type of um, what's the word for it? Uh, like a bruising kind of like a rib contusion, that kind of thing. Um, Cause it wasn't like a direct hit, like Drew Brees, like we talked about had, mm -hmm. and then he had rib fractures. It looked kind of like he kind of fell in like a weird kind of like closed accordion position is what the announcers were calling it. And uh, he got all folded up. Um, so he might've bruised it. We, he may miss this week. Again, it's all about watching reports, but I expect he's going to be back next week unless there's something on the x-rays that says otherwise. All right. Um, yeah, hopefully he will be back this week. Uh, what can we look at for Daniel Jones? Because he was taken out of this game. So I watched some of the, the reports the coach had released for this week, and he is practicing. Uh, he's practicing pretty much in full. Um, you know, he's able to protect himself in the pocket was one thing that the coach really wanted to see out of him. Um, and so because of that, we will probably uh, see him this week if they can kind of guarantee that if he's going to get sacked or hit uh, while trying uh, to throw that he'll be okay. Okay. Um, is kind of what the coach wants to see. Um, and if so, he will play this week. If not, it's going to be next week. Like he, we're going to expect him back right. uh, afterwards. All right. Um, what about Joe Mixon? He's been out for a while. Can we expect him back at any time soon? Um, Joe Mixon, to be honest, I if I were the coach, I wouldn't put him in at all for the rest of the season. We haven't seen him since week six due to a midfoot sprain and just kind of a quick explanation of a midfoot sprain and why that's pretty severe. Cause most people are like, well, like turf toe, like, come on, you must be fine. Well, turf toe is a little different and that's actually a different part of the foot. But um, anyways, midfoot sprains um, have to do with spraining ligaments that actually hold up the arc of your foot. So that's like spring ligament or the uh, long and short plantar ligament. Um, and these kind of, if you don't rehab them properly, it can affect kind of just your life in general, like walking, running, uh, because they need to maintain that arc in your foot. 
Um, and so these need long rehab times. There are a lot of pain, a lot of swelling with these. Um, and so probably the first like few weeks he was just on bed rest. And then now he's probably gotten back into working out. Um, but again, the Bengals are at the bottom. I don't really expect the coach is going to put him in. They don't really have a chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for them to do that. I Might as well just rest him and get him ready. For the yeah, next I think so as well. Um, Brandon Cooks did practice this week, but he was ultimately ruled out for the game. Can we expect him back this week? Uh, to be honest, it was just like neck soreness. Didn't sound super severe on some of the reports that I read. Um, and so we just, again, have to listen on and if he's practicing this week and that will kind of tell us. All right. Um, and then for, uh, uh Patriots back Damian Harris, he had some kind of, I, I don't know, they said it was a back injury. What did you see from it? Um, so I kind of watched the footage on it. Um, it looked like some kind of shoulder bump, but it was very hard to tell because the camera angles, again, he kind of just fell right where the QB was in the pocket. Um, it could be just something like a simple contusion. I honestly wouldn't be too worried unless he doesn't practice this week. Okay. Um, other than that, he's All probably right. going to play. All right. That sounds good. And um, Alex Smith, uh, people have been questioning whether he's going to get the start this week. What did you see from the injury? Um, so he had kind of a right calf strain. Uh, if he practices this week, he will play. I don't know the severity of his calf strain. Um, but again, it could be just something pretty small, just something he pulled in the moment. He could have even gotten something like Charlie horse that kind of was bothering him during the game. So I wouldn't expect too much again, unless he doesn't practice this week. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the chargers wide receivers. I know Mike Williams didn't play this week, but Keenan Allen did. And both of them are rostering injuries. Uh, what do you see with these two receivers? Yeah, so um, Keenan Allen, uh, we'll start with him first. He had a hamstring injury, um, and he kind of uh, played a limited practice as reported yesterday. Um, and so as long as he plays a full practice today, or if not today, on Thursday, then – oh, sorry, I think he's playing on Thursday. Do the Chargers play this yeah, Thursday? Yeah, they, they play okay. Thursday night. Okay, so yeah. if he – as long as he practices today, he probably will play tomorrow. If he doesn't practice today, then he's definitely not playing tomorrow. Uh, because again, it's Mike just, Williams. it's a really short week. Yeah. What about what Mike Williams? Uh, Mike Williams, he kind of had a back injury. There was no really description of what it is. So we don't know like in to what degree we don't really know a lot about it. Um, and so the severity could be really anything. And so again, if he practices this week, he probably will play. Um, if it's, we don't see him practicing, it could just because be because it's a short week and then we might see him next week. All right. Um, what about with Kenny Galladay? Um, so yeah, he had a hip injury, a hip injury could be a number of things. Most likely most hip injuries are some kind of hips, hip strain or sprain. Um, since he has not practiced yet, it is most likely a second degree sprain. Um, and so he'll probably be out this week as well. Okay. So we most likely can expect him not to play. All right. Uh, let's go back to the Miami dolphins with Devonte Parker. And he left this game really early. Uh, what did you see from this injury? Um, so they reported it was a hamstring strain. I couldn't find any footage on it. It was very hard to see. And it might've been something, he didn't look like he was part of the hits in the first few plays. Um, but again, I just couldn't find much footage on it. Uh, but he was pulled from the game. And again, it's all about if he practices this week, he could be back if we see him practicing. Okay. Um, and then the, the three main guys that were on the COVID protocol this week, uh, Gaskin, 
uh, DJ Warren, David Johnson, which ones can we expect back and which ones would you not see? Um, so first, I'm just going to kind of break down the COVID rules for people that don't really know what the COVID rules are surrounding the NFL and kind of uh, what happens if you test positive, what happens if you test negative and that kind of thing. Um, so any player that tests positive for COVID-19 or comes in con close contact with someone else who's tested positive is placed on that COVID-19 reserve that you often see and they're removed from the active roster. Um, so if you just came into close contact with someone, uh, then normally they will uh, get, get you a test. If the test comes out negative, you need two negatives to confirm it. And then they're going to monitor your symptoms for the next couple, few days and then you're good to play. They'll put you on the active roster. Uh, however, if you came into close contact or again, if you tested positive um, and you first of all have no symptoms, they're going to make you uh, kind of rest for 10 days, um, stay in quarantine for 10 days, and then they're going to retest you to see. Um, and then when they also retest you and push you back on the active roster, let's say you test negative again, then sorry, you test negative now and you previously tested positive, you have to not be showing symptoms for 72 hours before they will let you play. Um, and put you back on the roster. So um, kind of understanding these protocols, we'll first look at Miles Gaskin. Um, because he was put on the COVID reserve just before their week 14 matchup and he is now quarantining, um, it is unlikely he'll play. They didn't, again, they didn't really state if he was positive, but by the sound of quarantining, it sounds like he did test positive. Um, and so he's unlikely to play this week because again, he has to quarantine for those 10 yeah. days. Um, but maybe next week, if he tests negative and doesn't show symptoms for 72 hours, he will play. Mm -hmm. um, then DJ Moore uh, reports say that he is likely to be removed from the COVID list. But since he hasn't practiced since week 12 due to that previous ankle injury that he was out for, uh, we it's kind of unlikely to see him play unless, again, he practices this week. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, about David Johnson, uh, so he was placed on the list due to close contact, not due to a positive test. Most likely he'll test negative. Again, we don't know, but we can assume that he will. And so he will probably be back this week. All right. That sounds good. I think that wraps it up for the NFL injuries. Um, we are doing an NBA. We already did an NBA preview. Sorry. And um, we uh, want to talk about a few injuries going from last season to this season and also some injuries that have been sustained recently. Um, Steph Curry, I believe he looks good. Is that correct? Is he ready to go for the season? Yeah, so he broke his hand, uh, I think it was last October, and then he had surgery for it. Um, he broke one of his, uh, the metacarpals, the one in his second finger. Um, and so he's had surgery. Again, he's been out for a year he's ready to go. Um, they've already reported it. Um, and so he's, you can pick him up in your fantasy. You can draft him. If you haven't done your draft already, he's good. All right. And then that means Clay Thompson's out for the season with his injury. Yeah. So he's not even ranked as we kind of saw in the fantasy rankings. Um, so he first had an ACL tear and then an Achilles and he just received surgery at the end of November for his torn Achilles. Achilles injuries, if you watch basketball and other sports, Achilles injuries are long recoveries. You are all for sure out for the rest of the season and part, part sometimes the next, I was going to say partially, but anyway, uh, so and also by the looks of it being a shortened season and he just had surgery in November, which was a couple of weeks ago, we won't see him for the rest of this shortened season. Maybe even the beginning of next, we don't know, but he will probably be in by the like end of next season. So honestly, unless you're playing keepers, I wouldn't even take him. 
Um, I believe Kevin Durant did play in the preseason. How is he looking from his injury? Um, so yeah, he had uh, like Clay Thompson. He had this Achilles tear, and he has already missed out on a whole season. Um, it, which also, by looking at Kevin Durant's timeline, that kind of tells us Clay Thompson's timeline that he's going to be out for a year. Um, Durant has already played a preseason game, so we can expect him to be in the lineup and fully healthy. I assume that um, John Wall is the same with the Achilles tear and he's back now. Yeah, exactly. So John Wall hasn't played since December of 2018. So it's been actually two years since he played. So again, this kind of tells you the long recovery time for Achilles tears and it's differs from person to person, but it's always at least a year they're out. Um, and so by the looks of it, it looks like he's back in full is again, he's already played in the preseason. And DeMarcus Cousins, I believe, also played in the preseason. Uh, how's the rehab from his injury? Yeah, so he tore his ACL before and also his quad tendon he tore just before that. Um, and he was out all of last season um, and he just played a preseason game again. So he looks to be in good shape. Um, and again, so since we've, he's been out for a whole season, we can expect him back in December. Now okay, in December. Um, look, can we go through this Kemba Walker injury and when can we expect him to come back? Um, so yeah, so Kemba Walker, they didn't really state a lot about what his injury is. They just said it's a knee injury. And then he did just get something called a stem cell injection in October, which kind of tells you what the injury might be. Um, and it sounds like it could be some kind of meniscal injury. They often will do a stem cell injection. So because the way that your meniscus, which is the padding between your two leg bones, that's what a meniscus is. Um, it absorbs nutrients through that joint fluid that's uh, between your two uh, leg bones. Um, and so by giving him that injection, they're trying to get the meniscus to absorb these stem cells and use them to rebuild, probably most likely a meniscus tear. Mm -hmm. um, he's mo most likely is not ready quite yet because again, he just got this stem cell injection. Uh, I would say January, maybe beginning of February is when we'll start to see him. And again, it's all about watching to see if he practices and just watching the reports. All right. Sounds good. Um, what about Ben Simmons? Uh, how is he heading into this season? Yeah. So Ben Simmons, again, has played in the preseason. He says right before training camp, he feels a hundred percent. He kind of what his injury was is he uh, subluxed his left patella, which is basically his, uh, his kneecap. It dislocated and went back in is what a subluxation is um, in the August playoffs. But he says, again, he feels hundred percent. He had surgery for it. Um, so he shouldn't really miss any games this season for that. Okay. Um, let's go to Jaron Jackson Jr. And uh, what kind of injury timeline is he, he looking at? Um, so he tore his meniscus in the bubble in July. Uh, most likely he will not start yet, but again, partway through the season, we might see him. Uh, ACLs tend to be six months plus depending on the degree and kind of if you get surgical repair so we can expect kind of to see him a little bit later on in the season maybe february march uh, but again it's all about watching the practice reports um and we also don't know where the tear was on his meniscus oftentimes where the tear is depends on will tell you the timeline of it so if he tears it kind of in the center of it. There's not a lot of blood supply. It's going to be a longer period of time. Okay. If he tears it more towards the outside of his meniscus, we'll probably see him back in January. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's just grab a couple more names here. What about Kristaps uh, Porzingis? Uh, what's his timeline looking like for a return? 
So him as well, he has a torn meniscus. He will likely be out for December, but he could be back in January. We're just going to have to monitor his progress. He's definitely someone I would take because he probably will play this season. Um, and he's uh, ranked uh, decently high. So take him and kind of keep him in your injury reserve and then go from there. Right. Yeah. And then I assume Jonathan Isaac is not going to play this season. Yeah, so he tours ACL in the bubble. ACL rehabs are very long, as we've seen. Um, so he'll probably be out for the whole season. Again, only take him like Clay Thompson if you have a keepers league. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Terry, for your time. No worries.